Blog Talk Radio. Miami. 
and it never really stopped unless you found solace in two fourth-quarter touchdowns that made the final score a tad respectable. We're going to break it all down tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live, presented this season by Sicilian Oven Restaurants, with six locations throughout South Florida. At Sicilian Oven, you will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. So we're going to talk about what happened Sunday in the Big D. Why and how did it happen? Who is to blame? And where do the Hurricanes go from here as they drop to number 22 in the Associated Press Top 25 and number 21 in the coaches poll after standing at number eight just a few days ago? Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and I welcome you once again to the People Show, Canesport Live. As always, it's your show, and it will be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have over 100 open phone lines again tonight. Plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on in the order that you land in that queue. As always, we ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. As can be expected, many came in, and we'll address them during the course of the show. But before we crank it up tonight and get to your calls, I wanted to touch on a couple of the hot buttons. You've seen the message boards. They've been functioning on overdrive really since well before the game ended on Sunday night. Obviously, everybody has many reasons to be upset. You came into the game with such high hopes, and it just didn't go the way that everybody expected and planned. And I can tell you that nobody's more disappointed, I think, than Mark Richt and his staff. They understand the momentum that was built during the offseason, how excited everybody was for a new year of hurricane football. And they think they understand very loud and clearly that they didn't put their best foot forward on Sunday night. And they were back at work here yesterday and today trying to make it better so that the next time that they have an opportunity against a high-quality opponent, that the football team shows up and plays a much better game. And uh, that has not been the case recently, let's be honest. You're talking about a four-game losing streak now. Uh, Pitt certainly was not a great football team last year. Uh, that, that was a very bad loss. Uh, then, obviously, totally outclassed by Clemson. Uh, lost a tight game with Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl. And then, of course, what happened Sunday night. So uh, I think they're feeling the urgency over there at the Hex Center. Uh, you know, losing so many games in a row is, is certainly not a, a good development. And uh, I think we just have to see where it goes from here. Uh, obviously, Savannah State on Saturday is not going to mount any type of competitive level for us to get any kind of barometer whatsoever. The Canes should obviously win that game handily. I think the key is to win it handily early enough that Mark Richt gets the opportunity to take a look at his young quarterbacks a little bit and see what they can get done on game day. You know, there's a big difference between the practice field and a game situation, even if it's against Savannah State. And they're young kids. It's a good place for them to start. They should be able to have some success and just get the feeling of being in the stadium and in a game. Um, but I caution, don't read too much into it. You know, if, if, if Cade Weldon goes out there and throws 
for three touchdowns in the third quarter. Don't start yelling and screaming that he's ready to replace Malik Rozier because he probably isn't. Um, I think you have to trust Mark Rick to go through this process, to develop his quarterbacks, evaluate his quarterbacks. And um, I think if you can't trust Mark Rick with all the years of experience that he has managing quarterbacks and developing quarterbacks and some of the guys that he developed through the years, uh, well, I'm not sure you can really trust him with anything if you can't trust him with that. And, uh, you know, I know I, I trust him with that unconditionally, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it as the show goes on tonight. But uh, let me touch on Malik Rozier first. The loss Sunday night, as everyone knows, touched off a firestorm among the entire fan base that wants to lay the entire loss on Malik's shoulders. And uh, I'm not sure that's fair. You know, there was a lot, a lot that went wrong the other night that was far beyond the quarterback. And um, Malik has always been who he is. And nobody from Mark Richt on down has ever suggested to anybody that he is an elite quarterback. Nobody has nominated him for the Heisman Trophy. He's not on any preseason All-American teams. And, you know, before anybody takes shots at me for saying this, I thought Nikozi Perry was going to come into this program as a true freshman and beat out Rozier based on what I saw from him as a high school football player. And that obviously did not happen. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure you blame anybody. I mean, you know, he, he's a kid that is just going to take a little while to develop. And, uh, you know, Cade Weldon certainly didn't have a illustrious freshman year last year. He had, you know, some growing pains getting used to college. And But, you know, he, he did better in fall camp this year. Jaron Williams is a true freshman, uh, you know, who people think has a bright future. But, he, you know, he's probably not ready yet either. And uh, so – what Malik Rozier is, as we sit here tonight, is the quarterback who has been best equipped to lead Miami to a victory, best equipped to manage an entire college football offense. And I think it's foolish to think that the team would have been any better off on Sunday night with Nikozi Perry, Cade Weldon, or Jaron Williams running around for their life out there and handling that kind of pressure and knowing what to do. It, it, it's very unlikely that that would have had a more positive result. Now that said, Miami has lost four straight games with Rozier under center. That's not acceptable. And the concern is more than justified. And that's why, as we sit here tonight, that's what makes Rozier a stationary target for the young guys competing behind him. I really believe that as soon as Mark Rick feels that somebody on the roster is ready to be better than Rozier is, that is the day he will make a change. If that day arrives tomorrow, if it arrives Friday, if it arrives Saturday, next week, three weeks from now, a month from now, it just doesn't make sense for Coach Rick to make a move before he has a firm conviction in his mind that one of those young quarterbacks is better than Malik Rozier. And that day has not come yet. And there are no guarantees that it will. And I don't think that you should have a negative reflection on the coaches if one of those kids isn't better than Malik in the coming weeks. 
I think you got to hope that that the whole offense in general plays better, that they give Malik a better pocket to throw from, that he can get into some kind of rhythm, and that when he does, he's not firing high and, and, and wide like he was the other night on way too many occasions. And, you know, like I said, the, the concern is uh, certainly justified, and I think Mark Rick has to be losing patience like everybody else. I mean, you know, Mark Rick hasn't lost four games in a row too many times in his career. Okay, really, I I think the only times it's happened has been the last couple seasons. So um, this is not a guy that's used to losing like this. And, you know, I got to believe he's losing patience. Now, nobody within the football program tried to pin Sunday's loss on Malik alone. And I've seen a lot of posts on the Internet where people there are claiming they're relatives of players and trying to stir up all types of crap that there's internal division on the team and, and all of that. There is no evidence that any of that is true. And if that is the case, and there is somebody out there that feels it's true, that has credibility and really is a relative of a player connected, you know, please feel free to post it on the message boards at Kane Sport, where at least we can, you know, qual- quantify and qualify what's being posted, but don't just anonymously throw junk out there and, and try to, you know, post things that are going to tear these kids apart and, and turn these kids on each other, because there's no evidence that that's the case. And, um, you know, Rozier made some good throws on Sunday night. It was not a total disaster, but he obviously had a large number that got away. And um, like I said, he, he was, uh, he was running for his life a lot of the night too. So, uh, but starting quarterbacks, on teams trying to become championship level, like the Hurricanes are, don't get to make excuses. So um, Rozier clearly understands that he's under a microscope. And um, I'll let you listen for yourself what he told us today. Malik, I guess when you, when you went over the film, what did you see anything new maybe that you didn't see during the game? You know, um, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing was is we went back and watched the film, and there was just a lot of mixed execution. I mean, some of it started with me, a lot of it started with me. But there were small things that we missed that we that we never missed. You know, uh, Coach Brown said it perfectly. He was like, if there was no one in the stadiums, we're going against our scouts. Every blitz that they brought, we should have picked up. Everything they did, we should have. And like I said, they did a great job of executing, and that's something that, that we didn't do from quarterback position to the receivers to office line. So it was, it was a full team unit, and it's something that personally I'm going to take blame for. And I mean, we got to go ahead and get better. I mean, we got a team in uh, Savannah State that brings a lot of different blitzes. We got to be prepared for it. Is that players making mistakes? Is that not being prepared? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, uh, there were certain blitzes that they brought that that we haven't seen, and the coaches said that that you always can't coach every blitz. You know, and and and, and whether we've seen it from them showing us some defense, we the coaches didn't show us, but our defense brings, so we know how to protect. We know what to do. And like I said, um, some of it was just just communication about the lines. The lines doing a lot better job today. We we fixed some stuff up front. You know, having Tyler got the year not directing traffic hurts us because he he's probably the best at doing it, especially versus that good of a defense. And so we, now we have a way that Tyler got the year can always control the traffic, control the lines, lines, and it'll, it'll really help us in detection wise. You took low shots, obviously. How'd you come out of it? I mean, obviously, in tree weren't feeling too great yesterday morning, but how you feeling today? Yeah, I mean, I was a little sore. You know, I spent about an hour in the train getting my shoulder, my neck, my back worked on. I mean, it's part of the game, you know. Um, my mom was kind of, she was trying to tell me to go to the chiropractor and stuff, but I mean, I've been hitting almost a year now, so I mean, that first couple games, I'll probably be banged up a little bit, especially versus that team, and uh, I mean, my line did a great job, especially the first half protecting me, and, and I mean, I just got to, like Coach Rick says, uh, every time I drop back, I got to act like it's a perfect pocket, whether it's a perfect pocket or not, so. I told the guys, I, I talked to the team, and I was like, we still have a hole 
ACC championship to play for. I mean, I mean, obviously, no one wants to lose. It's a bummer. First game of the year, you come out and we're 0-1. But I mean, if we went out, we're still in it. So I don't think any of the guys is headed out. I don't think anyone's like, okay, we're out of it because we're not. I mean, LSU is a great team in general. I mean, we still got plenty of teams coming up, and we got Florida State, we got Virginia Tech, we got Clemson probably in the ACC championship. So we got some great teams that we got to look forward to. We can't let this one loss versus LSU just drag throughout the whole season. Do you think it's important that the younger guys behind you, especially against Savannah State, let's say, um, get some playing time? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited. You know, hopefully we can get multiple quarterbacks in. I know. Um, uh, like even today, we got uh, Jaron, Kosey, Kate, all those guys getting a lot of reps because that's what we expect. I mean, Savannah State's going to give us their best and we'll give them our best, and hopefully we can rotate a lot of the young guys and a lot of the freshmen losses. Are you finding a commonality between the four losses? Uh, I mean, not really. You know, some of those were just bad decisions by me. Some of it was just great execution by the defense, you know, and that's something that we got to fix. Uh, I mean, I mean, what can you say? There's nothing I can do about it now. I mean, I can't sit here and say, okay, I lost four in a row. Now I'm just going to hang my head and just walk around sad. No, I mean, I got to keep going. I mean, we got to get this winning streak started back. I mean, we won 10 in a row last year. I'm trying to win 12, 13 in a row now. I mean, we just got to keep it going. So. When you evaluated yourself on film, where, where did you find shortfalls? Um, you know, me and Coach, me and Coach John really talked about it, and, and a lot of it had to do with just anticipation. You know, there were certain times where, like I said, uh, Jeff's going to cross the field fast, and, and I have to know that for me that was my mistake and just anticipating. You know, Coach John was like, you know what to throw. You know what to do. He said, just throw it on time, and there were some times where I was maybe holding it for a split second after the ball was a little bit behind Jeff. So, I mean, I talked to Jeff. I told him, keep running fast. Keep running as fast as you can across, so and I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you the ball. So, I mean, me and Jeff are getting the same page, and it's going to be a lot better from last week. How about some of the I know you knew that. Um, you know, how do you deal with that personally? And what's, you know, what's I mean, thing? they're fans. Like they don't. I mean, I mean, obviously they matter. I mean, we want them to come out. But at the end of the day, as long as our nucleus, our team is fine, then we're going to be fine. You know. I mean, obviously, if I keep messing up, then by all means, Coach Rick has the right to bench me and let someone else play. But I mean, it's one bad game, and we still got 13, 14 more, and I don't, I don't plan on ever letting that happen again. When a ball comes out high on you, and you had a couple of those on on, on Sunday, is yeah. that a footwork thing? Is what, what is the technique when, um, when a ball fails high? You know, sometimes. It's a little different pace, and that's the thing Coach Rick keeps trying to preach to me. Sometimes it's a little different pace when you go in practice than in a game. Because there's certain times to where, like, I might have a guy in my face. So, I mean, if I have Big Bond in my face, 6'6", six, six, I always have to elevate my arm a little more to get over him. So that's stuff that I have to work on. I have to treat every rep like a game rep because, I mean, obviously there were some throws that I either had to make over a guy, I had to make over offensive linemen, I had to make, especially like while I'm getting tackled, that's something that you can't simulate. Like one of the picks, I'm literally getting, like, drugged down to the ground as I throw. That's something that I really have to focus on, really have to hone in on. I have to all right, so you heard it from the man himself, and we also spoke with Coach Rick extensively today about the quarterback situation. And for the first time, I felt we got a clue that Rick is becoming more open to putting the young guys on the field. And, and obviously, Saturday night's game against Savannah State is the perfect opportunity to do that. And, and um, it'll be the first time that you see any of them on game day. And uh, so take a listen real quick to what Coach Rick said today about his quarterbacks. All, all those guys are getting better. They're all getting better. And I'm not going to say who's going to play and not play in this game. Okay. I'm not going to say that either. The guys that deserve to play will play. The guys that, um, you know, prove to the coaches that they know what they're doing and we can trust them now. There's some young guys we just got to play. Hey, Mark, you obviously get everything under a magnifying glass. Looks like. So like, how did you evaluate Malik's play in the game when you broke down every play? Well, I know what we're telling him. I know what we're teaching him. Right. I know what um, he's seeing and what he's dealing with on any particular play. So, um, you know, we, the common fan doesn't really know 
what we're asking them to do on this player or that player, why do you do this or why do you do that? Or, you know, they just look at the numbers and, you know, did he complete so many or did he not? Or did he throw an interception or did he not? Um, you know, we, we grade him. Quite frankly, he's got a job to do. We grade him for his job. We grade him for his technique. We, do, we grade him for a decision that he makes, good or bad. We grade him for his accuracy. And, uh, you know, no quarterbacks have been perfect. And, uh, you know, we understand that. So, uh, you know, all those things together, along with who he's competing against, what those guys do, what they do in practice, what they do in the meetings, what they do, you know, as they're trying to grow up themselves, and that group was a little immature. And, you know, to their credit, I mentioned it earlier, I think they're growing up. I think they're maturing. I think they're getting closer to being uh, man enough to be that guy. That, that's, that is a tough job. That's a tough job because of the, uh, you know, the scrutiny of the position as much as anything. So, um, the competition's good and we'll, we'll always be competing. Growing up, maturing, man enough to be that guy. Those were powerful words that we have never heard before from Coach Richt. I think Richt will get the young quarterbacks as much playing time as he can the next few weeks. And then he'll know more and we'll know more. And we'll be able to talk about the quarterbacks from a more educated point of view. I, you know, it's like, obviously it's been the topic du jour and I've seen so many guys throwing opinions like Nikozi Perry is better. He's not playing the best quarterback based on what I, you know, I haven't heard one person who is in the football program, who is on the practice field that we know is on the practice field every day that's watched all the scrimmages who says that Malik Rozier isn't the best quarterback on the roster right now. So, you know, at least if they get in some games and do some things and we can see just what their skills are at this point in time, even if the competition is not LSU, at least there'll be something there to touch and feel. And all of us can have some opinions based on reality as opposed to anger and disappointment at the way the team played the other night. So, uh, but the one thing that I do think is loud and clear is I can't imagine that Malik has too many more losses left before coach Rick just has to try something different, but he can't do it at the expense of the entire season and a quality bowl game and, and winning nine or 10 games. Uh, you know, he can't jump the gun and make a move before somebody's really ready to take on those responsibilities. So, so who else was to blame if it all didn't point at Malik Rozier? Well, the, the offensive line had a pretty uneven night, but after watching the game tape, it really was not as horrible as it seemed to the naked eye when we were watching play after play break down and uh, Rozier getting pounded into the turf. The running backs certainly struggled big time in blitz pickups and dealing with blitz with blitzes and um, that got an enormous amount of attention at practice today. And they changed the communication. Uh, Tyler Gauthier took on added responsibilities at all times in terms of identifying where the blitzes are coming from and the adjustments 
that they need to make uh, when that happens. So hopefully that will be better in the future. I know an obvious question is, well, why did it take getting beaten like that in the first game to figure out that there was a problem there and, and, and why weren't the guys up front and the running backs more ready to deal with the LSU blitzes? And, you know, I don't know that we have an answer for that. You know, I don't think that we have the, the, the basis for any type of educated opinion on that subject, but they clearly were not as ready as they needed to be. Uh, with the re- regards to the defense, outside of the obvious failings of Javante Dean, who was totally lost out there, you know, I thought the biggest issue was excessive substitution. I mean, we counted 26 defensive players who saw the field in the first half. I mean, that is crazy, okay? That is way too many. I'm not sure the best teams in the country go that deep on their rosters, including teams like Alabama that recruit as well as anybody. I mean, that's that's a lot of guys that you're expecting to be ready to play in a game like that on that kind of stage. And uh, I think that the belief that the coaches have in the players that they work with every day is commendable. But that was not the right time or place to try to get reserve players meaningful playing time. And I think Miami subbed their way right out of the game, quite frankly. I mean, the game was tied at three late in the first quarter when the mass substitutions on defense began. And uh, I thought the biggest play of the game came when LSU busted that 50-yard run at the end of the first quarter. On that play, not a single starting linebacker was on the field. The linebackers were Bradley Jennings, who has been doing well in fall camp and might be a decent player one day, but he has limited meaningful game experience. And career backup Mike Smith, who's a decent player, but he's a, he's a backup his entire career for a reason. And these three freshmen came in and were first team ahead of him for a reason. And, you know, what happened is Jaquan Johnson came up to the line of scrimmage to blitz. LSU was ready for that. They were looking for that look. And when they got it, they audibled to the play that you saw. And um, so the blitz took Jaquan totally out of the play. Pat Bethel was was blocked up front pretty well. And um, Joe Jackson was blocked pretty well. And Bradley Jennings ran himself right out of the play, actually ran to Joe Jackson's right hip and left this gargantuan hole up the middle. And then Robert Knowles, another backup, obviously, was the lone safety in the middle of the field. He reacted late and was easily blocked. And Nick Brissett went the distance without anybody ever touching him. And Miami never seemed to recover from that momentum swing. And, and I thought that was the, the one key play of the game. I think Miami was, was fighting uphill the entire rest of the night because of the problems that the offense was having. And, you know, the defense, you know, had its ups and downs, you know, throughout the rest of the game. But it just was never the same after that one play. And I, you know, there's no sense of beating a dead horse. I'm sure the player, the coaches rather are beating themselves up over what happened there. And I'll be surprised if we see that happen again like that. But uh, man, that was a critical mistake in a big ball game. And, and uh, you know, you just, you can't, I'm not saying that they got to go back to the days when Dan Morgan played 80 to 80 downs and kept running into the locker room to get IVs 
and, you know, was collapsing from exhaustion at the end of the game, you know, maybe that's a little radical and that's the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, but I didn't see anybody walk off that field exhausted on Sunday night. Okay. I, so, you know, this team's not at that point yet where it's that deep to to that degree when you're playing a team like LSU or Wisconsin or, or even Virginia tech. I mean, you saw what they're capable of last night against Florida state. And um, this, this roster is just not good enough where you can go that deep. I mean, it's one thing to roll a guy here or there, have a three man rotation at defensive tackle, have a three man rotation at defensive end, um, have a four-man rotation at linebacker where you bring one guy in at a time and leave the other two in place. Um, but the wholesale substitute like that in a, in a big ball game like LSU was obviously a, a, a big flaw in judgment. And I got to believe that the coaches are angrier about that than anybody. And I'll be surprised if we see them do that again in a big ball game. We might see it some on Saturday night against Savannah State, obviously. But uh, when it, we start getting to you know North Carolina and Florida State and and the rest of the ACC conference games, I'll be surprised if we see that mistake made again because that, that it, it was a massive, massive, massive error in judgment. All right, with that, let's get to your phone calls. Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three. 999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Our usual guy is up first. So, Greg, welcome. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. I don't know where to start. It's such a shit show. But anyway, when, Malik, when Mark Rick took over the program, I believe he said that he didn't think Malik Rozier could play quarterback for him. What? Why does it take this long to replace them? And you got two other quarterbacks on the roster that have already been suspended in their career at Miami. This is a a terrible situation. The quarterback. Well, I it, I, I think Coach tough. Rick hit it on the head when he said that they were Im- they were immature. Like they they just they you know there, there's freshmen that come in and and behave and act like seniors, and there's freshmen that come in and behave and act like they're still in high school and you know, you, you go, you recruit, you do the best you can, you bring in the best prospects. And, you know, I think they did that when they recruited Nicosi. I think they did that when they recruited Jaron and Cade. And, you know, you, you do the best you can to develop those kids. But if you're Mark Rick, the thing that you can't do is convince yourself of something that doesn't exist. And you can't talk yourself into a guy being ready when he's not really ready. And you don't gamble an entire season or an entire team on something you don't believe in. And, you know, I, I think he's receptive to playing those guys. I think you heard that in his comments today, but when they went through a competition in the spring and fall and he's making a decision as the head coach, who his best quarterback is that gives the team the best chance to win. There was not a decision to be made. I mean, it was clearly Malik Rozier. Now, they got into the game the other night. Malik didn't perform as well as I'm sure they all hoped he would. And now they've lost four straight games with him. And, you know, I think all bets are off. And and I think that Mark Richt is looking to give those kids an opportunity here the next few weeks so that he can make an evaluation 
of where they are based on reality, not based on fans yelling and screaming and boosters, you know, ringing his phone and texting him or, you know, you know, whatever. I think he, he needs to be able to make a decision based on reality. Uh, this guy Burrow for LSU didn't have a great game throwing the ball, but he was totally in charge of the offense. Uh, he looked like an older kid, didn't he? at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he looked like an older kid. Yeah, he looked like an older kid. He looked like an older kid that had been through it, and that's why he had value to LSU. Malik's an older kid, also. He can he can make calls. He can run the offense, but he needs to be able to get the football to to its destination. And uh, it didn't happen enough on Sunday night. He made a couple really really nice throws. I mean, that deep pass down the middle to to. uh, Jeff Thomas was spectacular. Uh, you know, it was a beautiful pass, about 50 yards on a rope. He threw a couple nice passes uh, along the way, but just not consistently enough. And you can't win like that. You have to be able to sustain drives. You got to be able to pick up third downs. Uh, obviously, you got to be able to improvise when things break down. And uh, he struggled. Gary, we've been watching football a long time. When they when you see a blitz coming, don't you hit the hot receiver? Like the tight end once in a while, it, it's unbelievable. This guy has it, no clue what he's doing. It did not happen the other night. Now, you know, we don't know what the calls were. We don't know what he's supposed to do. So, you know, we, we're evaluating based on the the eye test, face value. Uh, but you're right. There weren't outlet passes. There, there weren't you know, blitz reads and, and check offs for, big, for big plays. There was one screen that went for 13 yards. Um, but you're absolutely right. There, there weren't a lot of the things that you would expect to see in that circumstance. And uh, that's something that coach Rick's going to have to reconcile and, and, and figure out, but you know, you're right. You're right in that regard. All right. Let's get over to Manny Diaz. Now I read somewhere well, he doesn't want any coaches on his staff that can say anything to him. He's got all novice coaches on his defensive staff. Okay, wait, who said that? Who, like, that's, that's the absolute baloney. Who said that? I read it somewhere, and I think he had a problem with Coach Cool, didn't he? I mean, Coach Cool was a different kind of guy. I, I wouldn't say they had a problem. Uh, you know, I, I think that there was a little concern about his recruiting. He wasn't recruiting very well. I don't think anybody questioned his ability as a defensive line coach. He's very well regarded in, the, in that fashion. But, uh, you know, don't, don't believe everything you, you hear people say. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of junk being thrown around these days. Okay. Do you think – There's not dissension on the defensive staff. Let's put it that way. Let me put it this way, Greg. There's not dissension at all on that defensive staff, those guys are all on the same page with each other. They get along very well. They like each other. There are no issues at all. It's not a matter of somebody stepping up and saying something to Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz is the boss. He's the defensive coordinator. He decides what they're going to run. He decides the style of play. Coach Rick gives him 100% autonomy. Um, And, you know, that is what it is too. It's like, you know, nobody ever said that, Manny Diaz is the best defensive coordinator in America. Like, you know, nobody ever said that or tried to make that case. He is the guy that's running this program. He's, I think he's done a pretty good job in his time at Miami. Uh, but 
you know, he is very aggressive. He does blitz a lot. And if guys break down and don't carry out their assignments, like what happened on that play I talked about, uh, he can be made to look very bad <laughs> because, you know, right. he is going to blitz Jaquan Johnson. He is going to bring him to the line of scrimmage and take him out of the play and send them after. He's going to do that. So if, if, if other guys break down and don't do their job, Manny Diaz is going to be made to look silly. And, um, on a, you know, when he was in the SEC and some of his other destinations and he wasn't working with the same level of players that he's working with at Miami and he had to gamble more or he wasn't going to have, have any success at all. That happened, you know, relatively often. And, you know, that, that was a knock on Manny early in his career, uh, fair or unfair, you know, because at some of the other places he was, he didn't have, you know, Gerald Willis and he didn't have Michael Jackson. And he didn't have Jaquan Johnson and he didn't have linebackers like Shaq Quarterman and Mike Pinckney. So, you know, it's, it's a fluid thing, but uh, in terms of people inside the program being upset that Manny Diaz doesn't let them speak, I mean, that's ridiculous. I, th- th- there's, there is zero, zero truth to that. All right. Now, as far as uh, playing these young quarterbacks, I'm sure they'll get them as many as they can in this week. But then we play Toledo. You realize Toledo was beating us at halftime last year. They're not Very a dangerous. terrible team. No, not They're at all. They scored about 56 points, I think, this past week. I mean, very dangerous opponent. They're playing them on the road. Uh, they're going to have to have their, their act together by then. I'm not, you know, obviously, Toledo doesn't have the athletes that Miami has, but they're well coached, and they can create a lot of problems, and you certainly cannot sleep on that game. Right. Okay, I mean, now, we saw Appalachian State push, push Penn State to the limit this past week, right? Exactly. I mean, these teams, yeah. these teams are not bad teams. Right. All right. One last point. How many more losses will it take till we get planes flying over uh, Hard Rock Stadium? I hope not. I hope. I hope none. I, I mean, I hope. I hope that people don't start that. That would be just a complete sign of disrespect to Coach Richt. And, you know, he, he came in, he didn't, he didn't inherit a ready-made program the way the guy that he handed Georgia off to inherited at Georgia. And I know Georgia yeah. had very, very quick success, but, you know, Coach Rick has progressively made this program better and they've lost one game so far this year and they have a whole season ahead of them and to start flying planes and banners over the stadium bitching and moaning would really, really, really be a sad commentary on the fan base. Yeah. What do you think uh, Kendrick Norton's thinking right now after getting cut? I hope he's thinking he was a fool because everybody knew he was a fool when he made the decision. It was was totally absurd. If I'm going to hear that Shaq Quarterman and Mike Pinkney are thinking about leaving early, they're they're, going to be just as dumb. Because they yeah, didn't no, play they, so good the other night. No, those those guys aren't 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 at the point where they should be thinking that either. So uh, hopefully right, they'll get better right. advice and guidance, and they won't make those decisions. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. I just hope this loss didn't kill our recruiting for the rest of the year because uh, it could do that. But anyway, I don't I'll think let so. you go. Thank you. I don't. I don't think it. Will. I don't think it will, Greg. I don't. I don't. I. You know. Get, Kids lose games too. You think every high school team goes undefeated? (laughs) 
you know, I, I think that's overblown. I, I think obviously the elite guys want to play for winning programs. And I think that that chapter is yet to be written this year. I think we have no, right now we have no idea where this season's going. They could win out. They could lose a few more games. You know, we have right now, we have no idea where this thing's going. All right, Gary. Thank you. All right, Greg. Thanks for getting us started. You got it, man. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 615 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, man? Doing great. Who's this? Well, not this great. Trump. But... Trump. Trump. Donald Trump. Hey, what's um, up, Trump? <laughs> Listen, man, I'm going to start this off positive. Because talking to your phone, you know, you hear me? Yep, go ahead. All right, I'm gonna start this off positive because I like Mark Rick, the man. Um, he will forever be admired in my book from the standpoint of taking this job when he didn't have to take it in 2015. This program was in the pits of hell, it was a joke. Um, every aspect of this program was a joke in 2015. Mark Rick came in, gave us credibility, has built this program up to respectability again, indoor practice facility. So many things have changed. He will forever be, I'll forever love the guy for doing that. But there's some things that I disagree with. Number one, what do you mean I should trust Mark Rick when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. This is the same man who did not want Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson out of his own backyard because he didn't think they were good enough to be college football quarterbacks. And the Ooh, attitude... Ac- ac- according to who? who according to whom? In the, go to the Georgia boards and ask their mods. I mean, does that, does that mean that, that, that whoever's saying that is accurate? Like... Why, maybe he, why do you think Deshaun, maybe he, they didn't want Deshaun to go to Georgia? Watson, Deshaun Watson wanted to go to Georgia. Rick wanted a pro-style quarterback. Okay. So, well, that's the kind of offense he had at the time. When it comes to maturity, you say he wants he wants a mature quarterback. So, I guess Johnny Manziel, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Rick would have played Rozier over them too, right? If we're talking, right, look. Here, here's the bottom line: If you can't trust Mark Richt on quarterbacks and picking quarterbacks, you know, at, at least the ones he uh, he has on his roster, if you can't trust him to make those evaluations and decisions, then you can't trust him with anything. Yeah, I can trust him with building the program to respectability. I can't trust him with making. I mean, what you can trust him to be a PR guy, but not a coach. Uh, it's getting that way, yeah. Unfortunately, I think the game's passed him by. They, why? 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 Because this this roster is championship ready roster. No, because we could be putting up a hell of a lot more points if we were running a simplified offense like. Oklahoma. Well, that's a different. That's a different debate. You know, I mean, yeah, I've I've heard that comment a lot too from people that know football. That the, the don't think that, this, that that don't this, think that 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 the style of offense will work for can work very well 
in today's college football. Now, I don't see that yeah. distinctive difference between what Miami's running and what I see everybody else running, other than I would like to see a little bit more of a sophisticated passing game. You know, uh, I, I think there was some legitimacy to the comments about intermediate passing. I think that is a weakness of the offense, and I think that needs to get better. Every, every You can't be throwing go routes on third and four. You know, I, you got to make first downs. And so, you know, I think that that's a legitimate you know, critique and, 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 and debate that, that, that could be had. But like, if you can't trust Mark Richt to, as a coach with 20 plus years of experience in college football, running offenses uh, to make decisions on quarterbacks, then you can't trust them on anything. I mean, you certainly not, not going to have them picking linebackers and DBs. You know, I mean, there's a reason he turns his defense. I mean, he turns his defense over to coordinators for a reason. He's that that's not his thing, and he's not interested in making it his thing. He wants he hires guys and lets them run the defense. Experience is overrated. All right, how much experience does Lincoln Riley have at Oklahoma right now? Dude's 34 years old. Okay, this ain't 1999 anymore, man. And Rick needs to realize that. Like, we've been exporting talent to fill spread offenses all over the country. And for some reason, the University of Miami, who sits in the hotbed of all those skill players, hasn't adopted it yet. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. Let me go to my next point, man. I don't want to hold you up all night. Ones versus twos. When are we going to cut that crap out? Because Rozier's facing who? Javante Dean and B.J. Jennings on the second team? Like, he, whoever's first-team offense needs to be going up against first-team defense. Otherwise, well, I, I think based on what we saw the other night, that's a legitimate debate also. Uh, you know, I, I, they didn't look ready for the level of athletes that they were playing against on Sunday night. Now, is that because of the format of the scrimmages? You know, we don't know that. You know, we can point to that and say it might have been, but they clearly did not look ready for the level of talent that they faced on Sunday night. That's that's a that would that's a that that's a fair, legitimate observation and critique. So next point is my understanding Mark Rick's offense is complex. I've heard you say Malik Rozier has the best grasp of how to run Mark Rick's complex offense. I didn't I never um, used the word complex. Because I don't okay. have a basis well, I have no basis. I never use that word. I have no basis for comparing uh, the complexity of Miami's offense versus anybody else's offense. You know, I don't know that it's complex. I, I'm just saying that, you know, a quarterback has responsibilities on every play, and there's a lot of plays in the playbook, and he's got to be able to handle it, and he's got to be able to be consistent with it. And a kid who's never done it before, who's never been in a game, is not going to be able to handle the whole load. So if you start going to a freshman exactly. quarterback, you gotta you got to tighten the reins a little bit and, and reduce the package. No, you simplify the offense. And that you know who else didn't simplify their scheme and it never worked? Mark D'Onofrio, Al Golden. Simplify it. Make it easy. Perry or whoever out there running the spread who's more of a dynamic runner than Rozier. He's not getting it done, man. All you have to do to match Rozier's results right now is have a pulse. I'm a fat middle-aged guy, and I think I could match the results. What is it, like two touchdowns and seven interceptions? I mean, good night. So, last point I'm making, 
I advise everyone to tread lightly on flying these banners for Rick. You know, I was I supported it with Al Golden. I loved every second of flying the banners for Al Golden. That guy sucked. But Coach Rick does have credibility, and he is a very respected individual in the coaching community. And if you fly banners to fire Mark Rick, you shit on a guy like that, you're not getting any other coach to come in here and take his Yeah, and, and it's so. pure stupidity. I mean, they, they just played in the Orange Bowl last year. I mean, are yeah. they winning the ACC or the national title yet? No. Clemson is far ahead of them. Clemson started far ahead of them. I don't think they're as far ahead as they were a couple years ago when Coach Rick started. But it's not close yet. And and anybody that expects it to be close is is, is not living in reality. And you know you're going to start embarrassing yeah, the city and the coach and everybody else with stupid plane banners. Like, come on. Yeah. I, in no way. Because he I lost to LSU. Get rid of in no, in lost. no way am I sitting here saying to get rid of Mark Rick. I'm not. I think he deserves a chance, and I think he's done a hell of a good job building this program up. The only thing I want to see. He has got to realize he needs to convert his offense. It's not working. This is not 1999. So a lot of people, it, a lot of people would that a lot of football guys would agree with you, and yeah, no, that'll remain to be seen. That'll be remain to be seen if if they don't have success offensively with the talent that they have right now, then that would scream to the accuracy of what you're saying. Yeah. But if I don't you think you're going to see it happen. Position, you're not going to see it happen right now or this year. If you're in a leadership position and you can't adapt to a changing environment around you, you're done before you even start. And I don't see him adopting or changing anything right now. So we'll get well, some people on. I will say this. I will say this, Trump. There, there were guys open all over the field the other night. So yeah. maybe the offense is archaic. <laughs> And, you know, maybe they can't win with this offense, but I saw a lot of guys open that were missed. Yeah, I did too. You know, I saw a lot of guys blitzing that should have been picked up by somebody. I'm not blaming the play calling or the scheme for what happened on Sunday night. I'm blaming the execution. Yeah. Well, my wife knows nothing about football. And I asked her a second ago before I got on the call, I said, what do you think the main problem with Miami is? She said they just need a quarterback who can actually get it to the receivers. <laughs> well, they, 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 there's a lot of joke, truth to that. Man. There's a lot it's of truth to that because you got guys open he, he all over the place. And 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 you know something else? I would make the argument that the best offense for the talent that they have right now is Dennis Erickson's old offense. You know, well, with, a good, with a good quarterback that. and let these receivers go nuts and and you know you can make that argument too. So. Um, but like I said, there were guys open all over the place, and you're right. They did need the quarterback to get them the ball. All right, Trump, good right, talking yeah, to you. Thanks for being part of the show. We'll see you on the message right. boards. No. Have a great night. <laughs> Got to love that guy. He uh, He's a passionate fan now. He'll, she shoots me emails and messages all the time, uh, and uh, obviously he's pretty radical on the boards too, but uh, very passionate fan, makes some great points. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll just see how it goes. I mean, a lot of football people, like I said, do question what Miami's doing on offense. But like I said, I did see a lot of receivers running around open the other night that were doing it, running the, the plays that they have in the playbook right now. So we'll see what happens. 
All right, guys, let me take a moment to tell you about one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in South Florida, and that is Sicilian Oven. You heard me talk about them last week, and uh, I don't need to tell you that there's hundreds of places around town where you can go and just get a pizza if you want a pizza, but there is no place quite like Sicilian Oven, which has six locations throughout South Florida. And at uh, Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu that features family recipes that have been handed down from generations through the Salvo and Garavuso families. And uh, I bet a lot of you ate at the Salvo's back in the day when they had that the Salvo's chain going. Um, well, now they have Sicilian oven and it begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings and expands to gourmet pizzas, select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you're going to find at, uh, at Domino's or Papa John's. Uh, if you love wings, there's, um, their wood-fired wings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices, and they're served with caramelized onions, uh, a really, really good dish if you like wings. And they offer a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant to mussels to fire-roasted shrimp palermo. They have soups and sandwiches and salads and pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. So if you're on your way, to Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday, the game game time six o'clock. Go spend the afternoon at one of these Sicilian oven locations. You can watch some football and eat some great food. You can visit the plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive. I'd say maybe a twenty minute ride from there to the stadium, um, or you uh, you can go to the Aventura location at two hundred and fifth in Biscayne. Also about a fifteen twenty minute ride to the stadium from there. Um, if you live a little further north, they have locations in Lighthouse Point. They have a location in Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st, and they have a location in Boca Raton. And um, if, if you want to have a couple drinks while you watch the games and eat some food, you can go to the new location on Oakland Park Boulevard where they have a full liquor bar. That's uh, just west of Bayview on Oakland Park in Fort Lauderdale. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find out all about them and that nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And uh, you know I highly recommend that place. I found it a few weeks ago and really was mad impressed. So go enjoy Sicilian Oven as soon as you get the chance. All right, let's continue onward here with your calls, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad. If you love Malik Rozier and want to come on the show, let's go out to the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Man, let me just break this down to you. We look like <laughs> shit. I ain't going to get nasty. I'll tell you what we don't need to do. They don't need to celebrate if they blow out Savannah State, they don't even need to come out in the smoke. They don't deserve that. This is three games with three quality teams that we have gotten beaten. Okay, Rosier, thank, I want to thank Thomas for catching that ball. I don't know how he caught that ball in the third quarter. That ball was so high in the sky, homeboy jumped out in the stadium. He got it. That's how we got you the want to, Hey, Ken, before you go on, you want to know the truth about that play? Well, uh, and uh, apparently Thomas was a little off on the route. And that's why the that's why the it looked like the, the the throw was bad, but apparently he was a little off on the route for whatever that's worth. But it was it was a great catch, great catch. It was a great catch, and um, like I said, that play. You know, I heard Rosie and them 
after the game, the press conference, and they was like, they threw stuff at us that we weren't expecting. Hold on, man, it's football. Everybody throws stuff at you that you're not accepting. Then they change it today after somebody really talked to him. He's a leader. Leaders are supposed to take the blame on Saturday, Monday, or Tuesday. He's supposed to say, yeah, you know what? I played bad. We played bad. That's it. Not where we wasn't prepared for this certain kind of blitz. Come on, Dad. This shit don't work, bro. This don't work for me. It don't work for you either. And I know you got to be there because you the man. You report. It was total chaos. And then when the man ran the 50-yard touchdown, okay, but how you going to kind of get down? Hell, Alabama's a life. Oh, they ran that? We're going to bust their head. They won't run another one like that. You can't get down. We got to do better. The quarterback situation, it ain't all him, but it is a lot of him. And you saying they're not fussing in the locker room, I'm not going to say they are, but they were fussing on the field with themselves because a lot of people were stomping their feet, and they were, like, overthrowing the ball. You could see the reaction. Rose is decent, but we need that top-tier quarterback. And like you said, it's best that he play these young boys to see what they can do. That's all. Just give them a shot. Like you said, it ain't no miracle worker. We don't know what Perry can do because we're not there, you know. We don't know. Everybody say that Perry this and that. He got athleticism. Okay. But if you get in the game and throw four interceptions, then he ain't shit either, right? right? Correct. Now, like I said, the one he talk about a lot is Williams. He, what he'll say is he don't know where he's throwing the ball, but when he throws it, he hits the target. Yeah, he's got a very, he very nice-looking nice arm. Very good okay, arm. Okay, so, so, so you've seen him. So he just got to get more, of, 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 you know, more into the system and understanding plays. I think he wants to use him for next year. But, of course, he can use him this year because they have a new rule. Just, well, man, we don't need to sell wait, him. You know, let, just think, think about it. You can't throw that kid out there before he's ready to go out there either. Yeah, that's like, what you, I'm know, you don't want to get off on a bad, on a bad no, uh, wavelength with Jaron Williams, a true freshman. I understand, and with Weldon and Perry, fight it out, do your thing. But I like the new rule for the freshmen that they can play up to four games. That'll keep a lot of people from changing schools. Because these young kids all want to play. Don't nobody want to sit. Sit your monkey tail down. And them players switching out, that was too many. I 26 players? I, I it was understand. unbelievable. Yeah. Even but 20 would have been too many. That. Like. You know, play your starters. It's a big ball game. Play your starters. You you have you have the next week to start to worry about developing guys. That's what I said. Play your starters, man. You can play the young boys and or the ones that don't play that much. Savannah State uh, and maybe Toledo and maybe FIU, but whatever. Don't play them in this game. This was television. We just getting stomped again and fans getting tired and frustrated and. You know, we just got to do better, man. You know, it, it's it's crazy because I'm sitting there like, damn. I started laughing. I'm like, man, phone ringing off the hook. Kim, you talk all this ish, man. What's going on? Your boy up. We need to be out the top 25. I don't care about rings because they really don't mean nothing. You got to win. That's the key. Win and you get win you in. That's it. Simple and plain. But like I said, don't come out to smoke. Don't celebrate because you get a sack. Don't. Uh, celebrate when you get a touchdown, and they need to just walk out the tunnel in unison and just be quiet and just play ball. Because really, we should beat Savannah State, we should beat Toledo, FIU handily. FSU, you go out like a monster. Because they sick right now, too. Because Tech went in there and bust them all up in the head. And if they play that mess they play with Tech, we should crush them, too. But that's all I'm going to say, man. We got to get better. Hey, Kane fans, don't worry, baby. We're going to ride. Ride or die 305. We will get high again. Take your care. See you next week, buddy. All right, Kane Kane. Uh, let's go out to the uh two three nine. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing doing good. How you doing? Who's this? This is Sam. Hey, what's up, Sam? 
What you got for us? Nothing. I just agreed with everything that you were saying, you know, going to the offense and the defense. Um, you know, Malik, we all know, is what he did last year was the most he's going to do for us. As you said, last year, you know, we've seen what Malik can do in these top yeah, games. Yeah, and, and, and let's it's, qualify and that it's not a great. little bit. You know, like, we don't know that. But let's qualify it for a second. He won 10 games. Like, they won 10 games last year. I mean, how many teams in the country won that many games? No, I know, Gary. But, I mean, if you really think about it, those two games we could have lost. I mean, Georgia Tech and Florida State, who knows, you know, without those big plays from Langham. You know, that that's possibly too. Yeah, but he threw you the know, ball to Langham. Let's give him credit. I mean, let's no, give him I credit. Know, he, I know. He's the one that threw the ball in the right place. With the games on the line, I mean, I know they were very fortunate to get out of those two games with wins, but he did get the ball there when it was, uh, you know, nut crunching time. No, I know, and 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 I feel like, you know, even some of those plays, like you were saying, running a go route on third and two, you know, you like you said, you got to be running intermediate plays, you know, plays to get you two yards. You know, we run either, or it seems like a go route. And I don't know if that's Rick not trusting Rozier throwing those intermediate routes or not, but I mean, even on that pick six, you know, you gotta see there's two guys right there to make a play, and you got Brevin Jordan running a a little sl- or a drag route right there, just hit him real quick, and you're gonna get two yards. Kid's gonna fight for it, you know. Well, I mean, and and let me tell you, you see something that same like, thing I know. over and over again, going over what six on first or on third down. Yeah, you know, it's just the same well, kind of thing you keep seeing. Let me tell you something else. I noticed when I watched the film back was, all right, so they 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 ran those consecutive go routes and they're off the field. They they now they're they're failing on third down. At that point, I think they're 0 for four, or 0 for five, or whatever. And so Coach Rick is naturally thinking to myself, I got to be more patient. You know, we got we, you know we're 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 trying to do too much. And and he and he and he pulls the reins in on the next on the next possession. So now it's, it's, it's second and eight and they run DJ Dallas, I think for four yards or something. And, and now it's third and it was third and three or third and four. And so now instead of throwing the ball on third down, he runs the ball on third down. They gain only gain two yards and now they're punting. So, you know, failing also can lead to more failure. And, and it's natural for a coach to try to adjust and say, say, okay, they're covering us well down the field. Uh, let me try to run the football. That offensive line is not built to be a great run-blocking offensive line against uh, an SEC-type team no, like LSU. I mean, they're just not. So, you know, no, what exactly. I saw is, is is one problem led to another problem led to another problem. And, you know, and you saw LSU doing it. I think, personally – you know, and my pops, we think we should run a little more hurry up sometimes because we got those guys on the outside to do it. I mean, we have depth there finally. We got a bunch of speed there. You know, let's run some jet sweeps across, get some misdirection going. I mean, sometimes, you know, I know Trump said we got a simple or not. We need to simplify the offense. I think we need to run some more eye candy with the offense and just let our boys get out, use our speed, you know, I remember Rick running bubble screens like seven times in a row a couple of games, and we I didn't remember seeing a bubble screen the whole first half. Yeah, no, there wasn't one the whole game. I don't know what his reason was for that, but it, it I clearly was not in the game plan this week. And, you know, and like you said, I, I said, 
I mean, LSU practically got spotted seven points because they ran the hurry up right there at the one and ran it in, and the, and the officials never reviewed it after they reviewed everything the first half, which lasted practically an hour, or not the first half, the first quarter, an hour long because they reviewed everything that quarter except for that play, which I don't understand, where the LSU receiver didn't even have possession of the ball, and they said he was down at the one. And they ran the quick tempo, and they, they scored, and it was 17-3. It's a whole different ball game. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, Gary, but that that's 3-7 for LSU. Yep, no, I did. I saw it. And, I mean, how do you not review that? I mean, you review everything. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't as definitive quarter. as you on that. I, I, thought, I thought it was probably a catch, but. Well, they, I mean, they, they were reviewing it, you know, I was watching it on TV, and they reviewed it afterwards, you know, after they had scored. And they, they, it clearly hit the ground. And I just was crazy about how they didn't review that play, you know, which was almost a scoring play on the pylon. And But they review every other play that was, you know, clearly what it was. All right, what else you got for us? Uh, you know, just like what you said about Manny, you know, you know, he's going to bring the blitzes too many substitutions. You know, you, like you said, you got Mike, Mike Smith and Robert Knowles, the middle there, not, not seeing what's going on. Um, other than that, you know, you nailed on the head on everything. I feel like we just got to run more hurry up on offense and, and get some more routes in there. At least, you know, I feel like every time we're running a route, it's either a slant a deep in or a go route. I don't. I haven't seen much else than that the past two years, and I don't know if that's just because he doesn't trust Rozier to make decisions like that or can make those throws. But um, you know, like you said on the intermediate, and what and uh, I mean they even said on that deep post route. You know, he didn't even hit him on the right one with Cager early in the game, and uh, you know that's about it. All right, man. Well, thank you for being part of the show. We'll talk right, to you next time. You. Yep, you got it. Let's go to the uh, 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing? Doing great. Who's this? It's uh, Everything 305. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Boy, we got you and you and, Trump, you and Trump both in the first hour or so of the show. That's uh, – well, I don't know I if I can take it. Uh, <laughs> I definitely uh, – We'll, we'll take that as a compliment. And not as a, <laughs> there was a long time I thought you two were the same guy. <laughs> no, no, I was only one one me. But uh, listen, I wanted to just touch base on a few things. I don't want to take too much time because I know there's so many people all on hold here. But, uh, you know, Gary, I, I thought at the time, uh, when I was watching the game, I was going in, I was worried about, man, can we flip the field on defense? Can our special teams help us flip the field? And when you look at the first, I don't know, six, seven possessions, LSU was getting the ball at our, the average was our own 48, yard, their 48 yard line. And yep. it's very difficult to put your defense in that situation in consecutive, yep. not just one or two, but consecutive, multiple possessions. But give them credit. I mean, they made those breaks. You know, they got that guy free on the first punt and and forced Fiegels to alter his kicking motion and kick kick that ball poorly. And then it got into and then it got into his head and he kicked the next one poorly. 
you, you got to give them credit, and at the same point, you have to hold us accountable. But that's one thing that I don't think we've given the defense enough. I'm not going to say credit here, but that we have to acknowledge what they were able, what they were handed. And as the game went on, things changed, and the offense continues to put you in a hole. You know, everything becomes much easier to defend, much easier to attack. Yeah, but they were fine. They were they were they were fine. It was a three. It was a three three game before they started yes, taking sir. the starters off the field. Yes, sir. I, I I'm not disagreeing with you at all on that. But but I'm going to go back to the, the main the main premise here, which is Coach Mark Rick. You know, he hasn't forgotten how to coach Gary. He really hasn't. He's forgotten more than any all of us combined on this show will ever know. There's no doubt. But there has to be an evolution. You have to be consistent with the times. And I'm going to give you some examples here. That, that just frustrated me. I've been, I've been seeing other members of Kane Sport for years, for the past two years, bringing these points up. Number one, the formations. Lack of creativity, lack of motion, lack of counters. You know, when you have a big, strong, quick defense, what do you do to attack them? You get them going one game, and you cut back to the other side. No jet sweeps, no bootleg rollouts. Things to go ahead and get Rozier calm. I mean, this, this, this is a quarterback guru. He is respected by everyone in pro football, everyone. And the most basic components on how to calm things down, he can't even include in this offense. I mean, rollouts always help what? The intermediate pass. What do they do? They attack the second level. Okay? That was never, never yet to see. We, we, we rarely see a jet sweep, I think. And last but not least, you got a guy in Stacey Searles. Who knows football? Guy knows it. We didn't go to one on balance line, and I'm pretty damn sure in those meeting rooms he's brought that up before. Another great way on the weak side to go ahead and attack a defense. But again, these are all things that he knows. Um, but one thing about his mentality, you go back to all of his years as the head coach at Georgia, when he stopped becoming, when he stopped being the offense coordinator and hired other people to do it. The one criticism and the one component, the one constant you knew in defending him is he's not aggressive in the red zone. From 30 yards in, he's never been an aggressive guy. He's very safe. He's very conservative. That's not the case now. Now I would argue that sometimes he's too aggressive. They're always, you know, once they pass the 30-yard line, they're, they're shooting for the end zone. Well, I didn't see enough of that. I mean, I'll just, I'll just let you know. When we had the ball inside 30, I think, like, five times, I didn't see enough of it. But, again, that's his MO. That's who he is. And you might say, well, maybe he's trying to do, be a little bit more aggressive, but it's not at the right time. And another you're, you're, forgetting, at, you're forgetting the one play down the left sideline that they tried to throw in and the guy had him covered. There was another one, well, the cager, in, in, that same, in a similar situation that they didn't connect on. Uh, they they were shooting once they got inside the thirty they they were going for the whole ball of wax so, you know I thought they weren't patient enough. Well, and I'll say this: there was definitely pi in the first attempt. There was definitely pi. Not one single reaction from him. Not one. Again, the same old conservative guy in the Orange Bowl last year. I, I've never seen him get a penalty like that. So I mean, these are things that these are who we are. These are the things. This is when you characterize him as a coach. These are some of the things you described. I mean, and another part of, of not understanding it, I, some people have suggested this on, on social media, on Kane Sport. You know, maybe he's just an overall genius, and what he's doing, he knows his youngsters aren't ready. So 
So that's why I feel like Jahir Jones is going to start. That's why he can't can't put any of the younger quarterbacks in because pretty much you've got to keep the psyche of the team under Malik Rozier. So maybe he's just allowing them in a game that is important, but it's not going to make a difference as to whether we're in, you know, in, in pursuit of a national championship because we're not. We don't have we don't have the depth of that anyway. Maybe he was just trying to do this to show, hey, listen, you, this is where we're really at. And you can't do it. And Bulwark was better than you, Jahir. All these things, maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know. But maybe he's just such a genius that he's going to, to be able to bring about the change slowly now. And that kind of explains why he has his ones going against his twos throughout the entire fall camp, because he's trying to build that depth. He's trying to spread it and get everybody ready. Maybe that's I'm part sure of that's the reason. I'm sure that's why they were doing it. But but then they got into that game the other night, and, and those guys, didn't they didn't look ready for the size, the speed, and the strength of the LSU defense and, and that LSU team. And, and even the defensive line, I mean, as good as the defensive ends are, you know, there wasn't really a ton of pressure on the quarterback. You know, it just it, – they just didn't look – they didn't look ready for what they were facing. Well, they didn't look ready because they weren't prepped to face that size and that speed. But well, that's what I'm talking gonna, about. And you're making a great point. You pointed this out several times. Remember this one thing about your quarterback. When the bullets are flying, he's not the same guy. 99% of all quarterbacks are not the same guy when bullets are flying. And it's good to see that. But what happens if he's going against the ones? Do they sack him? No, they just touch him and it's over. You know, you don't have the full effect. Until you're in a game, you're not really getting better. Practice yeah, and if great. you're trying to develop Nikozi Perry, I mean, you want him to go against the number one defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, again, all power of his master plan and being this genius. But I'm going to go back to one thing that uh, writer from, I think it was Chuck Dowdle, who wrote a piece not too long ago about Mark. And he always mentioned that, you know what, it was too much for him at this level and at this stage of his career to handle being both the head coach and the offensive coordinator. So the next thing you look at is, well, who has he surrounded himself with to assist him in developing and installing and making the adjustments that are necessary for his offense? You're looking at two guys. And I thought Sears would be more involved, but obviously he really isn't. And the two guys, in my opinion, that he has are two guys that really have not earned the right to be there. But basically, on their resumes, don't prove them to yeah, be but, worse. But they're not. They're, they're coordinators in title only. They're, they're coordinators for the purpose of, of but paying them. But that's yeah. not my point. You've got to have the guy that tells you, you know what, Coach, against this formation, in this situation, this is not going to work. Because of their yeah, I, well, you remember, I, I, I happen to agree, kind of agree with what you're saying. And when that, when that extra coaching spot came open, I really, you know, as somebody watching what's going on, I was hoping he would use that spot for exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, a, a guy that could be up in the box, um, giving him a little bit more guidance than maybe what, you know, what he's getting from up there right now. And, uh, you know, they, instead they chose to add another another defensive coach, which 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 is fine. But uh, you know, I I think the point you're making is, is not illegitimate at all. I, I you know I think that that I think it's is, a very valid is, is, point, and it's yeah. not to be it's not to be a cane, uh, which I am. I love this program more than any. I mean, next to my family and what I've done in my career, I, I love this program. It's 
to an, ex- to an extreme almost. But when you look at the situation, you've got to be able to identify a major resource that can come in and impact you and better you, not just better the program, the kids, but better you, better your legacy of what you're doing here. And that guy played here. That guy was in the league for, what, seven years, working with some of the best offensive minds in all of football. The guy is a sponge. The guy is a walking football encyclopedia. And right now, if you think he's willing to be an assistant AD at FIU, then you really don't know really what's going on. No, of course. He's he's there to help the offensive coordinator. There's no question. And that's the now, it, that's it doesn't, they don't get the results because it's FIU and they're just not very good right now, but, but, but you're absolutely right. That's what he's there for. But you know what? Let's take a look at that. Do you really Miami could have done – Miami could do the same thing. They, they, there's enough, of, really there's enough support. Do you FIU is that close to Indiana in talent? FIU is not even close to the talent that Indiana has. But they were able to go ahead offensively and do some really good things. Why? Because the tendencies that are out there in football, the tendencies that defenses give you, this guy is right there. He knows. And I hate to say it, but he's more in touch with the reality schematically of football today than CMR is. And most definitely more so than Coach Brown. And most definitely more than, than John Rick. And it's not to attack him. That's not my point. My point is no, you're not attacking. You're not attacking. You're making very good, a I'm very not. good point. And I'm going to say this to a large degree. The decisions he's made for his past the last year have not been worthy of us being a national powerhouse. I'm sorry. Coach Cool is Coach Cool. If that guy says these three guys can't play for me, your recruiting coordinator has to go ahead and move on. You can't get into a pissing match with, the, with your RC because that defensive line, that first guy he hired now, that guy knows more and has forgotten more than that guy knows. That guy knows talent. Just like Pete Garcia knew, knew talent. You know what? I know talent. Gary, you know talent. But there has to come a point in time where those guys have to make the right choice. And if you're going to catch crap, you're not going to waste your time here. And that's what happened. You kind of hinted to this earlier. and I believe it was around right when he made the change. But that's really what was there. I mean, let's be honest. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with, because it, it just it's irritating. We have to have people that want to be here, yes. But you've got to have kids like the Ivies that are the, the kids that are right there. You know, like Denzel Perriman, he was right there. He's missing some physical attributes. You've got to get those guys, yes. But, damn it, you've got to keep some of the best home. And if I can't get the job done and you're my son, I love you to death, but you've got to go. Whether you're, and, and I love my love. He's a great player for you, Great coach. The guy's fantastic. Honestly, Gary, that guy will be in the NFL one day coaching DBs. I know he will. But you have to have the persona of, your, of, of, of getting next to kids. Basically, you have to jock the, the, the hell out of them for them to want to be with you. That, those bonds that you build, that, that, that's not there with him. He's a brash guy. He is a true king. I'm the best son of a bitch out here. And if you want to play for me, five not go through yourself. That mentality doesn't work, okay? It just doesn't work. And until these things are addressed, we're not going to go where we want to go. And I'm sorry. I just have to be totally blunt with you guys. And it's not that I don't love this coach, which I do. But, damn it, we've got to – he's got to make some changes. Now, going forward, I hope I see one thing Saturday. I hope I see Nikosi Perry start the second quarter. 
regardless of what the hell the score is. Throw him in there. Let's see what he can and can't do. Evidently, if you're if if he's that good of a QB guru like he is, then that kid's going to have a decent game on Saturday. Gary, take care. Go Cage. All right, man. Thank thank you for your uh, your thoughts. Uh, you made a lot of real good ones, and uh, I don't think you were attacking or or picking on anybody. You, you know, you you said a lot of very credible things. So. Uh, Thanks for the call. We'll see you on the other side on the message boards, I'm sure, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, guys, it's time for our new segment on Kane Sport Live this year, and that's the Sicilian Oven point-counterpoint segment with the answer man, Bruce Warner, who brings, who identifies and brings on one of our former players um, from Hurricane Lore each, each week. And um, last week we had Anthony Hambone Hamlet, who's gone on to be the superintendent of schools in Pittsburgh. And this week, we're going to be joined by Mr. Pat Riley, not the basketball general manager, the Pat Riley, who played for the Hurricanes back in the 1990s. And guess who his defensive line coach was when he played for the Canes? Yes, sir, Mr. Ed Orgeron, uh, the Cane nemesis, who uh, definitely got the better of the Canes on Sunday night in Dallas. So, um, Bruce and Pat, how are you guys both doing tonight? Oh, man, it's going great, man. It's a pleasure for you all to have yeah, we're doing great except for Sunday, but Pat and I are hanging in there. It's a hell of a show, Gary. I mean, these guys make some really good points because I was talking to Patrick about it before, and he he just heard this whole Everything 305 segment. So what's your thoughts on this, Patrick? We got some work to do. We got some work to do. And the guy that was just on, man, he made some very good points, man. We got to change. Something got to change. You got to get the players, man. We, we, LSU, man, this beat us up and down the field. We only played for me. I watched the game, man. We played three good series with them. After that, it looked like it was downhill. After the kid got kicked out for the talking, uh, it, it looked like after the game, man, it looked like it took all the win out of them. Yeah, it seemed that way. So, yeah, so Pat, like just to – Let's update everybody a little bit on what you're doing. I mean, you graduated in 94. You went on to play several years in the NFL for the Bears and the Seahawks. I understand you now have a son who is playing at Nickel State, which just upset Kansas last weekend. So congratulations on that. But as a, as a former lineman, you had to be watching the play up front on Sunday. And, uh, you know, there's there's always so much talk about – the line play in the SEC and how it's it's different than the ACC and obviously Miami had to deal with that on Sunday night. Um, what did you see in watching that game in terms of the big boys up front? Yeah, the boys look like they have no pride. They just let them boys just pretty much. LSU was bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, we looked like we didn't play with no pride, man. Like we just kind of gave up. And it was kind of disappointing because I've never seen a defensive lineman at University of Miami the whole time I was there, you know, just lay down like that. You know, there wasn't no sacks. wasn't no tackles for loss. wasn't no guys running around wanting to make plays. But like everybody was waiting on somebody else to make the play for them. Gerald Willis played very well, number nine. Uh, he, oh, yeah. he was pretty dominant the whole game. What did you did – you, did he jump out to you? I think he did a great job. Yeah, he did. He did. Number nine, he pretty much he showed me he's a he's a hurricane. He played his butt off, and if we'd have had two two more guys like him on the line, I think it would have been a different game. But you know, like I say, we only had one guy that showed up on the line that night, and uh, she was just big and stronger, man. They wore us down. I, and I look, it looked like we ain't have no depth. 
you know? Well, they put 26 mm-hmm. guys back there. So we had depth, but I don't think there was quality. I don't know if these guys are ready to play. It's interesting, Gary and Pat, because one of the callers mentioned about the – and, Gary, you talked about it – the 26 guys that played. How ready were those guys to play? And then in the next sentence, Perry's not playing. Well, he's not, he wasn't going to play anyway, or Weldon wasn't going to play because they're not ready. Well, I don't know who is ready. How do you say who's well, ready? Those guys that were playing defense weren't ready. I'm going to tell you like this, man. we got to be honest about it. We can't take nothing away from Coach Ed Ogeron either. He's one of the best recruiters in the country. You know what I'm saying? So he's getting the players in there as well. Yeah, he came out. It was a better team. You know, it was all around a better team than us. He's always been considered one of the better recruiters, and it, 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 it's I'm trying to figure out why. I mean, he, I mean, he's kind of like a unique character, and he's got that raspy. I've never heard a voice like he's got that raspy voice, and and he's just a really different kind of guy, and and certainly not your typical head coach in college football. Uh, but you're right; he, he's always had success as a recruiter, and that's probably why he got the LSU job. Well, when he was uh, when I was in when he was in Miami, he recruited me. I was like the number one player in in the country the year I came out, and he re- he recruited me from New Orleans. And uh, man, the guy just make you feel like, you know, he, he was like a father figure almost. The guy just make you feel comfortable with it. He make you, you know, he, he look in your eyes when he talks to you too. You know, he don't he don't bullcrap you around. He's straightforward. And you know, I, I wish I could have had him four years when I was in Miami. You know, mm-hmm. lucky enough, I, I had him for, for two two years. He came back um, our junior year, but he didn't stay the whole season. He had some issues he had to go take care of. But if I could have had him four years, I promise you I would have been a probably, you know, a top 12 pick. Chap probably would have been a, a first or second round, a first or, a first or second pick, and I probably would have been in the top 12, you know. But I just didn't have him. They ended up bringing a guy in by the name of Rick Preachery, which was also a good coach. But he wasn't Ed Ogeron, you know. Yeah, coaching mm-hmm. makes coaching makes a big difference. Talk about what we discussed before, and let the listeners um, hear about the leadership or the lack thereof. What you saw on Sunday night, and then compare it to when you, you told me you made you missed the play, and you would hear it from Barrow or these guys. Talk about yeah. the leadership yeah, and, the, and the respect, because these guys are pointing fingers at each other. It seemed like, yeah, Talk like, about like that. when I when I played, man, you know. You go in that huddle, man, and you made a bad, like, I, you know, if I let somebody get through my gut, man, we get back in the huddle, I have people to answer to. I have people to look in their eyes, man, because these people depended on me. I depended on them, they depended on me. And I didn't see that uh, Sunday night. You know, I was getting get in the huddle. I used to tell Mike, man, my bad, I'm sorry, man. I, I promise you it won't happen again. I promise you. You know, then you got to look at the sideline because you got Ed Ogeron looking at you like he's going crazy. You know what I'm saying? It was just a pride thing, man. These guys were like, they had no no fear, not, nothing. Like, man, I make a bad play, big deal. Let's line up and do it again. Yeah, that's good and dandy. But you know what? To be a great football player, man, you got to have some kind of respect for your players, man. And that, 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 that goes very far, you know? So, Pat, what are you doing these days? What, what are you doing these days? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm retired right now. I'm I go to my my kids' games. I got a four-year-old, an eight-year-old little girl, a four-year-old little boy, an eight-year-old little girl, and a 21-year-old son. So I kind of like this. Uh, I'm retired, and I just, you know, raise my kids, man. And and I go to my my kids' practice, my son's, my oldest son's practice, things like that, you know. So you try to watch the Canes? Right 
You, you try to watch the Canes every week? Every week. Every week. I, you know, I'm a, I, I, like I told somebody today, so man, you cut me open right now and you, and you get to my bones, they got a you on my bones somewhere. I don't know nothing else. All I know is hurricanes, man. When I got to Miami, man, I didn't ever consider transferring. I see all these kids today, man, want to transfer here, transfer there. I got to Miami, man, I never, that wasn't even a consideration. I didn't even consider transferring. I thought I was in heaven, man. I was in heaven. I was in Miami. I was playing with a you on top of my helmet. You know what I'm saying? You should see it. You should see it now. You got to try to get to South Florida for a game and go back and visit campus. I mean, they got this. You should. You guys would die if you see what what the program looks like today with with this beautiful new indoor practice facility and um, all the a new a new athletic center and uh, it's a whole different deal now. Uh, I hope it's not making them soft based on what you just said. You know, but but uh, it, it's a whole different look. All that is for all that is for recruiting. That's all that yep. is. You still gotta get the players in, you know. Mm-hmm. All that 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 pretty looking stuff—that's for recruiting, man. That, that, that get, you know, you still gotta go out there and re- recruit the top players. You know, you University of Miami, man. There's there's no reason for you to be bringing in three. You supposed to be bringing in four or fives every year, you know. And you supposed mm-hmm. to be going out there getting a the real deal, the real deal, man. They got guys in Louisiana. I, you tell you like this here in the last two years, I haven't seen no coaches in Louisiana. No, they don't recruit Louisiana very much anymore. They, you know, they did a lot when they had Curtis Johnson on the staff. He had all the connections in Louisiana. They got Ed Reed, Reggie Wayne. Uh, you know, there's a lot of very good players in, in, in Louisiana. Yeah, and that's why you see LSU have so much talent on their team because they own the state. Let me tell you something, man. Some of your top players are in Louisiana. I don't know why they're not coming down here recruiting no more, but they need to change it. Why don't, you, right, so Pat, why don't you go to some of those high schools and help us hey, out? I would love to. Ain't nobody reach out <laughs> to me. I would love to. All you got to do is call me. I'll do it, you know, just because of the orange and green. I'll do go, it just for that. You got his phone number. Pass you know? So, so, so Pat, who are, you, there, um, who are you still buddies with? Who do you still uh, talk to regularly? Oh, man, I talk to all of them. James Stewart. I talk to uh, Ray Lewis. I talk to Warren Sapp. Talk to Ed Reed, Carlos Jones. Um, I talked to a bunch of guys, man. You know, Larry Jones. Uh, you know, and pretty much, man, all the guys that kind of played in my era, A.C. Tellison, I still talk to all those guys, man. I talk to them on a regular basis. Kelvin Harris. I just bumped into Anthony Hammond. Y'all had him on last week, he said. I just bumped into him about two months ago in the airport. It was like running into my, my, my big brother. You know, that guy took me under his wing, man, and took care of me when I when I was a freshman. It's a true, uh, it's a true brotherhood for life. So uh, make sure you yeah. get down to Miami for one of these games. You know, I I, man, I, I think you'd uh, you'd be impressed that they they sell out the stadium now. <laughs> it's a whole different program. Now they just got to win know, like you guys are coming into one of the games. We're going to Sicilian Oven for some wings. It's going to be a wing-eating contest, Pat. You, Caesar, Cersei, it's going to be ugly. I hope they have enough wings you, for this for you. Let me tell you a story, man. One night I was sitting in my house watching YouTube and uh, watching some Miami stuff, and I'm, I'm watching them tear down the Orange Bowl, and I literally had tears running down my eyes. Yeah. Tears running down my tears running down my face. Because I'm watching a Ted Hunter Orange Bowl, man, I couldn't believe you it. You had a lot of guys, like, man. Like, like, yeah, 
it was like they had tore my house down. Yeah, that was it was a special place. It was a special place. You now now you you, we, you you I don't know if you've been to Hard Rock Stadium, but there's there's jumbotron TVs in every corner. It's like a, it's a whole new deal. But last year was the first time since Miami moved to Hard Rock that I felt like it was really a home field. Like it, it, the fans got into it, they got the music right, they the team played great at home, and it was just a rock and special place. And uh, hopefully they can get it back here in about a month when they play Florida. The state. Now, I, I really thought we was back after last season, and uh, and I think we still. Like I said, man, it's just the first game. Don't get me wrong; it's just the first game. We're gonna be all right. We're, we're gonna be okay. I'm I'm more sure because we're gonna go in there and make some changes this week, and we're gonna fine tune that team, and we're gonna come out and play some football because we still got a whole season ahead of us. You know, it was just a little disappointing because I'm me being in Louisiana, everybody talking trash. I haven't been outside since Sunday, man. I got my all my neighbors around here messing with me, and uh, I've been kind of ducking them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I've been kind of ducking my neighbors, man, because uh, I, I talk trash the whole week. I've been wearing orange and green every day, you know? You, you so, didn't keep the, so the hurricane Sunday flag planted out in your front yard, huh? It's not it's not still out there? No. Nah. No, no man. If, if <laughs> I had to go get it because if I left it out there, the neighbors I got, man, they so LSU, man. They probably would have set it on fire. <laughs> you know, that's how LSU. All right, well, we apologize. The team didn't take care of didn't take care of business Sunday night for you guys that are living in Louisiana. Uh, I know that's that, that had to be kind of rough, and um, I'm sure you are going to be taking a lot of stuff for for a while. But uh, yeah, try you know, come on down for a game and um, Bruce kickoff. Sunday it's at at I think it's six thirty. So lots of time for a really good pregame lunch at Sicilian Oven. What uh, what do you got planned for for the, for that meal? What you going to be eating this week? Well, I was there yesterday and the day before. So, but on <laughs> Saturday I'll probably have um, I guess I have a pasta dish with some shrimp on it and maybe a salad to start. Uh, definitely some wings. The wings are spectacular. I mean, they really are. They're really good. I, I don't think you had a wings when we were there, but you had a few other. I did. Pizza. I did. Everything's good. And, 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 I've, been, and I was, I've, been, I've been back since to get some more. You did? Pizza? Yeah. Yeah, everybody thinks we're nuts. The food you know, too, Gary. The food's great. Everybody thinks we're nuts with the Sicilian oven thing. I'm telling you guys, you, you, it's a great yeah, place to go before you go to the stadium, even if you're just picking up stuff to take to your tailgate. Um, it's it's just phenomenal food. Well, I can make a quick statement, and I got to go. But uh, the Florida State game, the, the tailgate, they're going to a Sicilian Oven is going to sponsor former players' tailgate. They'll have their Sicilian Oven signs. There's going to be buckets of wings and buckets of, of uh, meatballs, so you guys can come on over. The players will be there, and uh, there's going to be a wing eating contest. I'm not kidding. There will be a wing eating contest, and I know Caesar ate 60 the last time I had I had dinner with him, so. Uh, Sicilian oven is great. I wouldn't be saying this, and I know Gary wouldn't be saying this if it wasn't true. All right. Well, we'll make sure we uh, we'll make sure we give everybody the location uh, of that tailgate when the uh, FSU yeah. week comes up. Yeah, that would that that'd be a lot of fun to go by that. Definitely. All right, Gary. All right, guys. Uh, hey, uh, have a great Pat, week. And um, Pat, yeah, thanks. Th- Pat, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. We really really enjoyed your input, and uh, sorry that it's going to be a little rough to live in Louisiana for a few weeks, but uh, hopefully there'll be brighter days ahead and. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Pat, call right, me when you're coming down because we'll, you can stay here. Talk to you later, buddy. All right, thank bye, you, bye, man. Guys. All right, guys, thank you. Thank you.
All right, let's go back to your calls. The number 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 203. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Gary. Who's this? It's Bob. Actually, uh, I'm in New York right now, but normally in either Miami or Palm Beach. All right, Bob, so, what you got for us? Talk to us. Okay, I, you're, you're, you're speaking to a guy who has now calmed down a little bit from Sunday <laughs> night, but, but what is still sticking in my craw, and particularly since I don't think you've picked up on it nearly as much as you should have, because you, I know you're, you're very knowledgeable about, about the program, football in general, but the lack of concentration by most people on what I think is the outstanding defect on the team, and that's the offensive line. They have regressed from being at best over the last couple of years and kind of mediocre frequently during that period to the time uh, Sunday night they they were a sieve machine. And I defy, you could have had Bart Starr back there, you could have had Joe Namath, you could have had the toughest group of quarterbacks, they would have done, uh, I'll, I'll leave the expletive to your imagination, they would have done nothing with the, the chance that they knew was there with that line letting somebody coming right in and blasting the devil out of them. Well, the running backs were certainly not blameless. You know, they were responsible for some of those blitzers that were coming through and didn't do well, a great job of picking them up. Yeah, but, uh, but, but you're you absolutely know, right. I, I, and I, I've been saying that all along. Like, I, it's pretty tough to pin the entire thing on Malik Rozier when everything was breaking down around him like that. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But, so what I'll blame is, and i got to bring it back to, to the head guy, is Coach Rick. I don't know. <laughs> he... Um, I don't know whether uh, Cyril had something on him, but but the coach is certainly uh, he should have made it. I think he should have made a change last year because they did not make the progress that they should have made last year. And my gosh, after the game they played or they were in attendance to on Sunday night, uh, if there's not a major overhaul uh, going on this week. then it's uh, it's 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 triply uh, Coach Rick's fault. I, he's not he's obviously not going to make a coaching change, but somehow he's got to get in there, uh, in there and and call um, and get Searles and and uh, the backup uh, coaching staff that that Searles has uh, to to get in these people's face and do a job. They, they, I don't. I can't blame. I can't blame all of it. I can blame maybe some of it on the lack of recruiting over the last couple of years. But these guys simply what they were doing. Well, I mean, in fairness, they inherited a pretty bad situation. I mean, the, the offensive line position was in 
pretty bad shape when Mark Richt and Stacey Searles came, came into the program. And they've been trying to recruit. They've recruited a lot of guys there now. They're, but they're young kids. They're freshmen. And uh, they're just not ready to play major college football yet. I, I know we're saying that about a lot of these young kids. And, you know, you, you, you wish that they were all Nabon Donaldson and could go out there as, as true freshmen. <laughs> and, you know, maybe physically they could. But Navon Donaldson's a much better player this year than he was last year. And uh, sometimes linemen, it takes time to develop them. You know, they, they got to really understand what's going on. They got to be able to pick up the blitzes and, and the different nuances of the position. And that's where they are right now. They basically have five guys that can go, that they feel comfortable putting out on the field. And those five I'll, are not I'll, all I'll, great players. I'll put you on the spot. Do you think that they're getting the right kind of coaching? You know, I think this is a good staff, you know, without question. How good, I don't think we know yet. Uh, I think that they they recruit very hard. I, I think in some places they're recruiting very well. Uh, the receiver position, I think, is extremely good. I think the tight end position is very good. I think the running back I, position, until I saw how weak yeah, they I'm were not, the other night on blitz pickups, I'm, I thought they I'm were making talk- good progress there. But I, it, I'm it, not it, talking about – I'm not talking about it, that kind of coaching. I'm with you. Yeah, they're I'm not with you 100%. The, but but they're not there across I, the board yet for sure. Now, I, in yeah, terms of on the field yeah. coaching, uh, you know, it, it depends. I mean, it, you know, it depends what your expectations are to be honest with you. I mean, if you're expecting Manny Diaz to be the best defensive coordinator in college football, he's not and 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 probably will n- never be. But I thought he did a decent job with those guys last year and they had a pretty good defense. Very, uh, Gary, so you're, it, you're misreading what I what I said when well, I was talking about coaching. Well, what do you, go ahead and tell me what you think. Offensive line coaching. I I guess I'm maybe I'm a broken record. I I know a lot of guys that know a lot about football, and when they look at what they see on the offensive line, uh, and particularly <laughs> particularly the end of last year and then this year, uh, they don't grade out. I mean, it's it's so far below par. Gary and and the offensive line is in a way the most important unit on a football team. You, well, it's like the, the, the two guards, of a, Bob. Of a building. The two guards are averages can be. I said the two guards are averages can be. Let's be honest. Yeah. The two the two right, guards right. do not belong on a first team. They're 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 good serviceable backup players. They they're not front line guys. So they are yeah. they are very short at that position. And I don't know that we yeah. can judge Stacey Searles for another year or two until he has time to develop some of these young guys that they've recruited the last couple of years. I I don't think we have the foundation to 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 judge him like that at this point. Well, there's just not a lot of personnel at that position right now. I guess I'm impatient. Uh, but it's been going on like this for over three years. A long time. That's why Arkeo got run out of the program. I mean, he was the guy. (laughs) I mean, that's why he he got fired twice. I mean, you know, because the position was where it should be. They weren't recruiting well enough. And, you know, Mark Richt was teammates at Miami with Art. And and made the decision not and made the decision not to keep them, and you know that's tough. And I and I feel for Art. Art's Art's a pure cane through and through for so many years. Yep. Um, But there's no you can't argue with the fact that their recruiting at that position started to decline, and you know it, it still is not right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
let's live in hope, but uh, my gosh, I, I certainly would have expected, and I, I hope that we start seeing a real turnaround this year. All right, Bob, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next time. Okay, Gary. Right. Yep. Bye. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the eight six three. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? How you doing, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Hello? You there? Yep. Talk to us. Yeah. Can you Who's hear me? This? How yeah, you doing, who is Gary? This? Christian. Christian What's up, man? from Hillsboro. Doing good, All right, man. Everybody, everybody and I doing talking some mad stuff, man. Rozier, yes, is having a rough um, first game, big game. Um, but I give the man credit. He's he's doing the best he can do with what he's thrown at him. You know what I mean? LSU, huge defense. I I saw a stat saying that 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 defense had five four five four stars, and the rest of that defense was four stars. Is that true? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, well, I saw that. I saw that, and I was like, I was like, man, Rozier played okay. I mean, I, I'm still pissed off about the game, but you know what I mean? You can't say Perry would have done better, Cade Bowden would have done better. And, I mean, what, what – what my question – well, I'm going to get to the question. I'm sorry. I'm holding it up. But the thing is, is uh, I'm so tired of hearing this about Mark Rick not winning big games, man. And, like, can you prove to me that Mark Rick is – is the man for Miami? Like, is that is is, is he is he our our guy? Like, is he going to be is he going to get us to that national championship? I think I mean, that's I obvious. That that's obviously to be determined. You know, I I don't think we yeah. know that right now. And 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 yeah, there's a real possibility that Miami doesn't play for a national title. You know, possibly. Any time in the near future. I mean, we just don't know. It's it's going to be very yeah. difficult. It's going to be very hard to get this roster when you're coming from behind the way they've been and you're constantly chasing. It's going to be very hard to get this roster, you know, all the way up to that level. Uh, I'd like to see them expand the recruiting base. You know, I'm cons- I'm a little um, hesitant in believing that they can fill an entire championship team just from the Southern part of the state of Florida with a couple fill-ins from around the state and into Georgia. I I think they need to, I think they need to expand that a little bit, but we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's very hard to put a championship roster together. And, um, you know, I'll give you an example. Like we talk about the defensive line position uh, being a little light with Norton and McIntosh leaving. So now you're a little light this year. And, you know, thank Mm -hmm. God for Gerald Willis, who was was way better than Norton and McIntosh ever were the other night when we watched them. But what's going to happen next year at defensive tackle? Like who's going to play defensive tackle next year? You're going to be relying on John Ford. You're going to be relying on Nesta Silva. Vera and you know you huge, though. John Ford is huge. That yeah, he's huge. Of being, he is going yeah. to be. I think. I think that man is going to be very good. But yeah, but being huge man? isn't enough. Like, you got to be a good player too. So what I'm saying is, he yeah. might turn out to be great by next year, and Nesta should turn yeah. out to be good. Whatever. But but it's very much in question. And now you got to go out and recruit more guys and rebuild that position. And uh, it's a constant, yeah. constant battle. So so you're telling me. Like, and I say this too, to to get our offensive line where it needs to be, we got to go to like Nebraska and get them players over there, them offensive linemen. Miami is them skill guys. Yeah, I don't think we. I mean, there's a few like 
Nessler, Nessler, you know, he's a good, he's a good, off, he's a good lineman. You know what I mean? But when you got to get them off in the linemen, you got to go out of state, like you're saying. You got to go to Nebraska. You got to go up, up north. That's this guy's. And, and, and when you, and when you do, you got to evaluate well. Like you know, they got this Dykstra kid from I think it was Iowa, and you know, it was a bad take. You know, he he's, he probably will, will never be good enough to play here. I hesitate, I hesitate to say that because we've been surprised by a couple guys, but like, you know, right now it's not looking very promising for him and his future at Miami. And, you know, that might be one they might want back and they went to Iowa to get him. So, uh, but I agree with what you're saying. I do think they need to expand the recruiting base, especially when it comes to to linemen. Yeah, because you can't see it. I mean, we have the best wide receiver core in the nation. Like we have the fastest guys. I mean, Jeff Thomas, I'm telling you, I think he's the fastest guy on our team, ain't he? He might be. He looked pretty. De- he looked it the other night. I mean, he. Yeah, he's... But, but I feel like Rozier didn't give him the. He didn't give him the chance and spread the field with 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 uh, Jeff Thomas. Jeff yeah, Thomas. Well, I mean, he had well, he did have 130 yards receiving now. But if you yes. can't keep yes. people off the quarterback, you're right. Yeah, you true. can't take three, advantage three of the fact the that. Lemons. You can't take advantage of having the best receiving core in the country if you can't keep people off the quarterback. Yes, sir. And I I, I 100% agree. And I'm like, what do we have, nine for 86 yards penalties, holdings? But that's what you get out of two freshmen, right, on the offensive line. We had three true freshmen playing on the offensive line, didn't we? Well, that's second team, second team. No, you didn't have three true freshmen on the first team. Um, Okay, okay, okay. And I know I'm a key. I know there's a lot of people on here. Um, Another thing is, that daggum targeting call on Bandy, man, that was ridiculous. I, I, somebody has to explain this targeting call to me, man, because I they can't. It was horrible. Like, huh? It was horrible. They can't explain it to you. That was a I horrible mean, I, call. I, I, I saw, oh my god, dude! Like, and and Delaney, I mean, the man. Luckily, they didn't see that because he got burnt several times. And if that quarterback was decent and saw that, he would have been uh, a whole different ball game. I mean. That Delaney got burnt. He got burnt, and he needs true. And he um not true freshman. He's a fifth year star, uh, senior, right? Delaney. He's a transfer. Delaney's not on. He's not on. The, Delaney's not on. You're talking about Javante Dean. Dean, I'm sorry, Dean. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. he's a Dean. Yeah, he's a, he, yeah, he's a senior. He was horrible. Yeah, he was he was horrible, man, horrible. But yeah, but um, besides that, uh. I know I know you said earlier I thought I was hearing about um do you think we'll be able to see uh line guards this year at all? Maybe later in the year once he's, you know, better prepared and knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's gotta he's yeah, gotta be I, able to I'm pick kidding. up he's gotta be able to pass block. Thomas Brown is not gonna yeah. put him out there if he can't pass block. I got you. And, and I'm I'm scared to put him out there with the offensive line. Like I mean, yeah, I think well, that kid has got big futures for Miami, man. Every team they play is not. Is every good. team they play is not going to be LSU. So the, the LSU's got a pretty good defense. So we'll see what happens. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate you it. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to the six one five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, man? Doing great. Who's this? Hi, it's Brian, man. Actually, uh, I'm on the I'm on the side of Kane's fan three fifty seven, but it's my first time ever calling in. Oh man, thanks. We like new callers. Go ahead, we'll give it to us. What you got? You know, I actually went to the game. I was in Dallas. Uh, my wife bought me the ticket, so I was in the LSU side. But you know, it was better than nothing. Um, <laughs> one thing I took away. One thing I took away was 
you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, how, how it went bad, and then, of course, it did go bad. But, you know, we actually have athletes that can compete at a high level. Um, DJ Dallas was, was not out of out of water. I thought he played well. Travis Homer, you know, played well. Guys, receivers were making separation, getting plays. If we can just get that last little bit, it was what everybody's talking about, which is Malik, we, we, we're almost there. And it's, it's, that's why I think you get so much frustration out of everybody because everybody can see that it's right there for the taking. It's right there for the taking, and it just – until we get anybody that can get in there and just make those some of those simple throws that he was missing, it, it can put us over the top. You know, I mean, I'm sitting there looking at the game because I had great seats. I'm sitting there looking at the game, and Brevin Jordan is running wide open, and he's just, he just missing them every time. And it's like, I, I just, you know – What's it going to take for Rick to, to pull the trigger? I just don't get it. Well, it's going to take, like I said earlier in the show, him having a conviction that somebody else is better. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, it, I get it. I mean, but, but Malik was what, 15 for 35 or something like that? Like, I mean, uh, K, K could have done that. I mean, I, I mean, well, I, but I, I, no, no, wait, slow down, slow down, slow down. This is what drives this. Driving me a little nuts. You just said Cade could have done that. What's that based on? I mean, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if, if you're going to have somebody go 15 for 35, why not be it? Why not be, let it be a freshman or somebody you can build on? I mean, I understand it. The thing, the thing, the thing about it was weird. Is obviously that the news came out to Nicosi wasn't going to make the trip, and after that happened, I'm, I'm sure that was uh, I, that that put a monkey wrench in Nicosi ever even playing the game. But but but. 15 to 35 is not going to cut it. And, and, and what I'm saying is if you're going to have a quarterback go out there and be that pedestrian, why not let it be somebody that at least you can build for moving forward? And maybe Rick was like, okay, I don't want to have my young guys out there against LSU. Okay, fine. But. Yeah, what, what if you, I mean, what if it means that you're going to end up back in, um, I'm not going to say Shreveport because I, I, I know we have, we have subscribers to Kingsport.com that live in Shreveport who get mad at me, but you know, what if you end up at in Nashville or one of those bowl games because of it, and you lose an extra couple games? I'm like, come on, Dad. I mean, I'm six one five. I'm from Nashville originally, so don't don't crap on Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't win I because saying, we, I no. think we probably I have people from in America. But uh, you no. get my point. You know, what, what if instead yeah, of being no. in the Orange Bowl or or in in the Champs Bowl in Orlando or you know a decent bowl game yeah, know, that you end up you know losing four or five games and 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 your your years a disaster and you know I mean we got to remember they did win ten with Malik last year and uh, yeah, but I'm, I don't I don't think that I don't think that Coach Rick is 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 averse to making a change I just don't think he's looking to manufacture it in his mind I I think he's got to believe so in what he's but, doing and he. He's got to believe that one of these kids is, is a better option, and they're going to have a chance to show something, I think, beginning this week because he's going to get them in the game this week. So you're, you're there. You guys don't see much, but you guys see a little bit. Did, is Nicosi that far off of where he needs to be? Because it feels like I mean, he's miles away. I, I think when they scrimmaged, he had a couple turnovers in the red zone and, and, and things like that, and, and – you know, it, it, it's it's not like it's not at the point where it's like, oh, my God, every day we got to get this guy on the field. You know, Malik, thank you for your service. You know, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But this kid's a lot better than you. I mean, but, they make those decisions at other positions. You see Brian Hightower. You see how he's playing. 
and and he's a true freshman getting tons of playing time. And I mean, they're not afraid to throw young kids on the field. Uh, they almost do it to a fault. But uh, I mean, if yeah, you're Coach I mean, Rick, you, you can't manufacture what you don't really see with your eyes. But I mean, I get I get the whole thing with where somebody's practicing well. But maybe maybe Nicole's is a gamer. Maybe he just maybe he just plays better in the game. I mean, and 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 Malik is obviously practicing well. But look at the game. I mean, it's, it's a complete opposite. Malik balls out in practice on Green Tree and gets in the game and is and is pedestrian. And maybe maybe Nicole's is the opposite. Maybe he's just you know in practice it's, it's a little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe when the lights come on. I mean, but you don't know until you put him out on the, on the field. I mean, I look up at the but stage, but Malik was stage. under a lot of duress the other night. He didn't play well. He didn't overcome it, and he certainly had opportunities to make good throws that he missed. But he was under a lot of pressure. He was running yeah, for his no, life no a doubt. lot. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean, so let's I'm, let them I'm, get I'm, that. I'm, let's let's get that part of the game straightened out, okay? And they were working on it today at practice. Let's get that part of the game straightened out to where the okay. quarterback can take a couple <laughs> steps back and actually survey the field and see the open guys and pick out a guy and get the ball there. Let, let's see that happen and let him have a chance to do it before we totally give up on him. Okay, let me one more question. Is, uh, is, Cleveland, is Cleveland, Reed, Cleveland Reed and John Campbell and what's the other guy? I forget. Um, anyway, but are those, uh, are those guys? The, the ones gave. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, guys, they're, very, they're all very good prospects. I mean, they they're they're very good prospects. They they're just freshmen. They can't beat out. They can't beat out Jair Jones and Mahay Mahoney. Not yet, you know, but all that? bets are off as the season goes forward. I mean, and the, you okay. know, they're going to be better than those guys for sure. Yeah, uh, I think all three of those guys will be better than Jones and Mahoney. It's just okay. a question of when. It's it's a question when, of when yeah. they're better. When and the last question I have is: Do, do you think that you know? I, if I understand correctly, the recruiting schedule this year was was uh, the recruiting calendar. I mean, was different. Like they had different dead periods, different times, different mm-hmm. different uh, stretches. Do you think that affected, or do you think the coaching staff really adjusted good to that, or are they kind of still feeling their way yeah. through? Because it feels like this is yeah. They, they, they have no issues. They have no issues with the way they're recruiting the you know the state of Florida. They're doing you know they're okay. they're doing a good job. They're yeah, there's no issues there. There's a lot of these kids that are that I think are going to be commitments before it's all over. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate it, Gary. Man, thanks for taking your call. I appreciate it being nice to me for my first time calling in, man. You got it, man. You do it more often. Appreciate you calling. All right, bro. Thank yep. You. Yep. Let's go to the uh, nine seven three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Gary. Yes, sir. Defending our quarterback. Isn't no, I'm not. There? I'm not defending him at all. I'm. I'm. I mean, I. I saw what everybody else saw, and I. I never thought he should have been the starting quarterback here from day one. Whoa, whoa, but I do whoa, whoa. understand. So, whoa, whoa. But I. But, it, but Ross, at the same time, I can understand that he's the best option they have right now. Don't so you see the you difference? Quit? So will you quit defending him then? Because here's my. Here's well, my I'm, thing. it's not a matter of defending him. I'm not looking for the field on Saturday to become a lab experiment. Okay, I'm okay, not. Gary, I'm not looking. I, I'm not looking to you know to, to to see them lose games that they maybe could have won. Hey, Gary. You, you know, Gary. If, if Coach, let me put it this way: if Coach Rick feels that one of those kids can go out there and play better than Malik, he's going to make that decision. Well, he has no allegiance to Malik. Listen, he didn't recruit I want, him. I don't. I don't want Mark Rick going nowhere. Love him to death. But you know what? That's a conviction on him and his son that these guys are no good then. Gary, listen to me, man. That's not necessarily the case either. Just because they're no good after one year in the program? Look look, look what you got. 
Blame the not being good enough, Ross, on Allison, who was recruited to be the quarterback right now, who wasn't good enough. Oh, Blame, Gary, you want to blame it? it blame it on Allison. You're doing it. You're doing it again now. You, Gary, stop it now. Hey, let me Ross, get, let me get this. Do thing. not recruit freshmen to be your quarterback as freshmen. You I understand didn't say that, you right? do that. He's not. He's, no. a, he's a retro. That's not an ideal situation by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not it might saying be, get him. It in might that. be the situation they're in right now, but the failure was Jack Allison. See, you're going there, but that's fine because I know all these other listeners listening to you also, and they're they're shaking their head. I I, I thought I was going to be in here earlier, Gary. I got right on the phone. I thought I'd be like your number one, your number five caller. Got a lot you of guys. I'm not. That's we, got a lot of, That's we, we got a lot of but guys. Guess what? <laughs> Give me some time. Here, give me some time again. You know I'm you, one of you got a couple minutes. Callers. Go ahead. What do you got? Go ahead. Yeah. Here's the thing. But just understand that the problem at quarterback is that Jack Allison didn't pan out. Because that's the guy that was supposed to be the – that's the guy, what, you think he was recruited to have to transfer after Gary, two years? Gary, please. Gary, please. Come on, it. man. You're being delusional. All right. Come on, Ross. Come All on, right. Ross. Let Go me ahead. be delusional. No, no, no. What else you got? No, no. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm not done with that quarterback situation yet. Let me finish. It's a conviction on them, period. That's all I'm going to say. We could agree to disagree. I know all the other callers are going to say the same thing in, this, in their mind. It's a conviction on the coach because guess what? This, these, both of those quarterbacks, one was there and one wasn't, they're both, they're both redshirt freshmen, period. Okay, let's move on. Hey, right, if you want to blame, if you want to blame the, the the coaches for something, blame them for not recruiting a more more mature kids. Okay, like okay. you know, well, I mean, because 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 yeah, there are some kids that come into college, like you know that like for example, Clemson can put that Trevor Lawrence kid out on the field right now, and he can do great. I mean, that kid jumped in. when I saw that kid at the Rivals uh, Five Star Challenge last year. I was like, oh, my God, okay? Oh, Gary. And, and, he, and he was that level talent. So, yeah, blame them Gary. for not getting a, a kid like Trevor Lawrence, okay? And, be, and, yeah, because a kid like that would have come into the program and would have been ready to beat out Malik Rozier as a true freshman. Gary, okay. thank you, because that's where you just found another way to blame Yeah, him. well, if you want to make an argument against the Ricks, make that argument, but don't, don't blame them because a kid uh, like the Cozy Perry or Jaron Williams isn't not ready like to be the starting tonight, quarterback Gary. at Miami Gary. after one yes. year in the program because that's not, not a given, okay? That's not a he, given for anybody. This kid dropped back. Yes, the offensive line wasn't doing all the things. He dropped back, and I saw it. He didn't even give the pocket time to develop. He started running. But we're going to move on because I know I'm not the only one that thinks that way. Mm. Let's go to this. And again, You're absolutely right about I'm that. There were, there were okay. plays where he was doing that. But that was when, after he got his face mashed into the ground about ten times. Well, guess what? Oh, Gary, let's have a little nice little discussion. I'm trying to get to the other point, but if you want to really stay on him, well, maybe if he would have hit the, 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 the wide receiver wide open, he wouldn't have been in that situation because they wouldn't be sending the blitz on third down because he wouldn't have been in the third down situation. You want to continue on the quarterback or we want to move on? Go ahead. You're, okay. not, wrong about, you're, not, you're not wrong about that. Okay, so I'm, I'll, I'll tear his behind apart. He's terrible, <laughs> straight garbage, mad rubbish. You know what? How Listen, I'm not def- just so you understand. I'm not defending him. Okay, I mean, I, okay. I, I think he is what he is. I think the program needs better. I'm just not sure they have better yet. Okay, he needs does to that be does he that needs sum to be it up? On, 
He needs to be patted on the head. Thanks for your service. We're going to try better. And I'm going to tell you something else. Too. That's not even my point. I'm going to jump over the place. I want to make this point. A lot of science really lab, but, but here's hey, – hey, Gary, stop it. Here's the thing. Pat him on the head, sit his behind down. Here's the thing. And when he plays Perry, I need him to play him. With the with with the deep with the number one offensive line, don't put. Well, I, he, they were pre, they were those guys were practicing with the number ones today. Okay, I think that's, that's a, I think he's intending to do that. I mean, I Welton and Perry both were taking first team reps today. I think that's and, his intention is to get them in the game early Nate, this week. And guess what? He was telling us stuff during during the summer that we weren't in camp that we weren't really listening. Maturity and all that that. I kind of knew something was up. I couldn't call you then because you didn't have your show. But he kept mentioning this. I knew something was up, and I know it wasn't about Roger. But I'm not a I'm not a mind reader. I'm gonna leave it alone. Again, I want this man to go nowhere. He's doing a great job for us. But let's 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 call him on the table again. Let's call him on the table again. Now, he has guys upstairs. You got guys upstairs that's watching the game from above. He fell asleep at the wheel, Gary. When that when that when that kid did not catch the ball. You gotta have a call. You have to have a code name or something, bingo or something that you go to call. I was like, Coach, you gotta check that play. Cannot now that you is a, burn. now Ross. That is a great point you're making right now, you man. You just burn the time just, out there. You, you just moved up a couple notches on my on my man, ladder. I know because, what I'm, because I know because, what I'm talking because, about. Hey, that done. is a good point, and I'm seeing that not just here. I'm seeing that in other places as I'm watching football the last week or two. Well, I mean, I don't understand how does how do coaches not have somebody up in the booth who is responsible for watching the TV monitors and and identifying when there's a bad call on the field so that the coach the, the head coach on the ground can deal with it with the officials. You're absolutely well, right. that well, should never happen. This. Well, let me say this, and again, I'm gonna keep saying it before I say something about the man. Love him to death. Thanks for coming to turn my program around. To probably somebody else wouldn't have took the job. But guess what? He acted like he the one that got hit over the head. Because when you're staggering and you're not at your right mind, you do stuff like that. I'm tired of hearing Come this on. man keep saying, well, so now, hey, man, now, Gary, See, now you're going back in the other direction. So now not, you're going to you, Now you're trying to make an argument for, that he's not for, in the right you, mind. But not for you, Look, but not, not for the rest of the crew. The head hey, coach – the head coach has a lot going on on the field uh, on game day. Man. Okay, there okay. needs to be somebody in the booth that can get in his headset and say, "Say, say, coach, that's a bad call. The replay will reverse it." Okay. All right. Are you done? Good. Okay. I love the fact that you're promoting the Sicilian restaurant and all that, but you know it's what good, that loss did to? Yo, no, you, I'm in Jersey. I can't eat it. You know what I was eating? At my, you know what I was eating after that game the next morning? Nasty breakfast. That's what my breakfast tastes like. It's tasting, <laughs> it tastes nasty because of the noise. Nothing tastes good. Okay, we need to stop this foolishness and stop making excuses for this this duck that we have at playing quarterback. Okay, let's move on. Russ, nobody is making an excuse for him. You can't make somebody something they're not. He's not going to be. Hey. You know, Vinny Testaverde to tomorrow. He's just not. <laughs> Listen, well, you know what? We, we we don't accept that at Miami, man. We as fans, that they was forty five thousand deep. Dude, blame blame Al Golden and James Coley. Don't blame oh Mark Rick. God. He he inherited this situation. Now, if you want to have an argument and you want to blame the Ricks, like I said, blame them for not recruiting a mature stud the last two years that could come in and what? play right away. Because they do well, exist. I'm going to give you another one. They I'm do give exist. You, another one. I'm you saw give you another it at Alabama. You saw it at Clemson. Like, those beasts do exist. But well, let me give you 
Let me give you another piece. Let me give you another piece that you're going to be very upset with me about. That's fine. And I like them. Again, I like them. I really do. You remember who, which, which, who's one of his mentors? Bowden, right? That's at Florida State. What did mm-hmm. that man do? He had his son on the daggone team. Stop having, stop being playing right. friendly. Well, no, no, I'm Ross, not I get, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, but are you a father? No. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. I get what you're saying, and I understand the mindset. The program comes first, and you got to do the best thing for the program, and, and everything else doesn't matter. I understand that mindset. But I also understand the mindset of a father. I've got two kids of my own. I know a lot of people out there that are listening tonight are fathers. And if you're a father, there is nothing that you won't do to help your kids get ahead in the world and get themselves going to a great life. Okay. No and problem in, the with case, that. in the case, wait, don't interrupt me. In the case of Mark Rick, he was not taking this job at Miami. If he could not pass that barrier and bring John Rick onto his staff and help his son develop as a coach, because his son wants to be a coach and he also wanted his family together. He had his whole family together in Athens. He, if he was going to take a coaching job, and it, he was not set on doing that, but if he was going to take the Miami job and not, not you know, take a couple years off or retire or whatever because he's got plenty of money, he doesn't need it, uh, he wanted to have his family together, and he wanted to help develop his son as a coach. And had the University of Miami told him he couldn't do it, he would not be the head coach today. So, so he's, you know, so he's, that, so that's he's the bottom line. So, so one day, like if you're a father, you'll understand that. And, and I don't, and I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Cause there is the opposite mindset that you don't let that become an issue that you do what you absolutely, if you're going to be a head football coach, you must make decisions that are 100% in the best interest of the program. And, and, and I'm not saying that's a wrong mindset. It's really what works for the individual, but I can tell you that, if he couldn't bring his son in and develop him as an offensive football coach and, and have his family together, Mark Rick would still be living in Athens and he'd, he'd probably be, maybe he'd be doing TV commentary or something on the weekends and he would not be the coach at Miami. You would probably not have a brand new indoor practice facility because I can't imagine who would have come in here. Maybe Butch could have done it, but you know, Butch is getting pretty old now. And, and you know, it, it, it's like, you know, you would have a whole different look and feel to the program. And I know everyone's upset about the game this past weekend, but you can't lose sight of the big picture. Gary, are you just talking about this past weekend? They're on a losing streak from last year. Let's not talk about just this. Weekend. I understand, Ross, the but they also, position, they also did go ten and zero, and they they almost got yes, in the playoffs. And, and they hit a wall. They had oh injuries. They they didn't have the depth to I deal agree. with the injuries. Rozier hit a mental this. and physical wall. He was beaten up mentally and physically by the end of the year. He played like crap. No argument. Okay, they weren't good we're enough about, to go. They we're weren't good enough, Ross, to go undefeated. Ross, we can't argue all night, but I'm telling you, no, they were not. not they were not good enough to go undefeated last year. Well, okay, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing accomplishment to get in the position they did. They played in the Orange Bowl. Okay, now let's see what happens this year. They got a lot of talent on this team. There's Gary, no reason that they shouldn't do better than they did the other night. 
are we talking about development or are we talking about games? We're talking about we're, the fans are seeing it with their naked eye. We're looking right at the television or we're looking right at the game. We're looking at we're, we was lied to, and I'm not, listen, we was misled, excuse me, not lied to, we was misled to think that he's improved. Everything that they say he's improved in, he did not show us that at all. I don't okay, want to spend time Ross, on this, man. Is there a chance that he's been improved all through spring and fall and, and everything fell apart the other night? Is that possible? But that means he's not the right guy for the job. Well, and maybe he's not, and maybe he won't be, and maybe one of these kids will come up and be better than him. But they collectively were not good enough. They weren't good enough Gary. up front. They got their butts kicked at the line of scrimmage. The defense wasn't good enough, gave up way too many hey, plays. The, the, the subs that were put on the field were very much not good enough. Devontae Dean wasn't good enough. Who I hurt the team more the other night? Malik Rozier or Javante Dean? I mean, you, you could have that debate for five hours, okay? Yeah, 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 it listen, wasn't just I, him. I need to get to the subs. I need to get to the subs. The kid, um, All right, we'll Tennessee, get to him quick because i got to get other guys on. Go ahead. What else? Okay, that's Finish fine. Up. From Tennessee, when he was rolling out on the field, I had to question who the hell was that. Who's 50? He looked like a, 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 a FIU player on the field. He's small. He's a, he was a career backup at Tennessee, and that tells you oh where they are on offensive God. line. Let's if if they're bringing the him in as a grad transfer, that tells you where they are at the offensive line right now. Well, that means it's another pitch. We need, you know what, Gary? We need to go get a coach that could be able to go recruit some JUCO kids until we kind of catch up. If he can't bring JUCO guys in here, that means he's, he's no good to us as a coach. We need a top-flight recruit at the offensive line. That's they need, need they need a couple JUCOs. There's no question about okay. it. They do need All right, let's, JUCOs. Let's, can I can I can I go over can I go over to the defense real quick? Please, please. Let me just give me a real quick, Here's please. I I I agree with you. I looked at the I, I said, wait a minute. Who's who's on defense on that play? We had n- nose. That should never have been. We got caught subbing there, and we didn't even need to do it because I think Gary, I think we came out with a timeout. For those two plays, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I got to it, it was look. way beyond Knowles. He had Bradley Jennings and Mike Smith at linebacker, not one starting well, linebacker the last on, line on, the, on the field. Was, you're right, but he was the one that was supposed to come up and make that tackle and finish. Yeah, because you but, know what? You gotta, but, you gotta but the play never should have gotten to him. You know that, that just, was the problem. The problem was that the play got to him. But I agree, he shouldn't have been out there either. Why was he out there? Why? It, it, I can't okay. imagine anybody. Anybody was tired in the first quarter. And and, and I'm very surprised of what's his name, Malik. Malik um, Jackson, because on that punt that almost got blocked, that was his gap. He literally let the guy come right through. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't things. think that was a factor in the game, a 20-yard punt? Was that Malik Rozier's fault, too? My point yeah, is not no, that no, no. Malik Rozier didn't play like garbage a lot of that game, because he did, but it was way beyond just him. Okay, way, way. beyond just if him. You wanna blame other, if you want to blame other – if you want to blame other coaches – Guess what? They had the entire summer to correct it, correct the, 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 the punter. Okay, and let me make the one punter's point. fine, I mean, Ross. Ross, you watch this kid on the practice field; he's unbelievable. Okay, oh the punter's fine. Fu- no, Ross, the punter is fine, talent-wise. Okay, did he do it in the game? He can punt the ball fifty yards with five-second hang time. Trust me, I've seen it. Did he do it in the game? No, because they freaking turned the guy loose on him on his first kick of the season, and that turned him into a head case. That's okay. why. But All trust right. me, if he gets okay. his head straight and stops being a head case, which he has been now for a full year, when he gets down to pure kicking and lets his talent show, the punter's fine. He's not the problem. Ross, Gary. I'll talk to you next week. Hey, thank you for calling. Awesome no, 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 call. no, no, no. No, no, we'll continue next week. i got to let no, other guys get on. 
Thanks, Ross. No, seriously, I'm not trying to cut you off. I just got I got to let other guys go. Let's go out to the 805. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing, man? Oh man, I got to catch my breath after that one. Oof. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, yeah. I don't want to braid any points that have been made already, but um, I did want to talk about uh, two two broad issues. So uh, the first issue is just with you know personnel. We've talked about it already, but um, a couple other people that I noticed that I think um, deserve to be replaced by freshmen would be Odenigbo, Dean. We obviously already talked about him. And number 20. And the the three people I think that would be pretty good fits for us to at least test out on a big stage. I know LSU may not be the best um, game for them to do this in, but uh, Nesto Silvera, he didn't get any playing time. No, but he'll get Irving, a chance at some point here. Odenigbo. He just did not impress me. Not only did he have that big no. penalty when he went off sides. You know, they were feeling pretty good about him based on what he did in fall camp, but you're right. He didn't bring it to game day. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. Um, Nesta at least has some pretty good upside. The other guy is a Gervin Hall. Um, well, we'll see. You know, Nesta's got to prove himself not just as a physical player. He's got to prove himself character-wise. You know, he, he's got to prove himself by doing the right things off the field, too, and all. You know, he's, he's got to mature. But he does have physical ability. We'll see. We'll see how he looks when he gets out there. Fair enough. Um, how, how about Ger- Gervin Hall, though? They had number 20. He's getting close. He's getting close. They're just not quite as good as the other guys yet. Remember, he's a freshman. And, uh, you know, the last guy was Dean. I probably would um, replace him with Frierson. Yeah, or... boy, he, he's he got to – like, I got to believe that he earned himself a demotion the other night. He was horrendous. I mean, absolutely horrendous. Yeah. He killed. He killed them the other night. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, loss of Bandy in the beginning really put us in a tough spot. But I wish they would have adapted on the fly and made some of those quick little adjustments. And those are some pretty good ideas uh, to at least begin to think about for future games. Yep. Um, All right, you got anything else for us? Yeah, yeah. uh, I just wanted to say that I I thought that um, Aranda pretty much schemed wrecked, you know, from a defensive versus offensive strategy standpoint. Um, he did, did based on the execution. The vibe? He did based on the on the way the execution went, no doubt. He 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 did he had them on their heels the whole night, you know, he he came with a bunch of blitzes, many of which they hadn't shown anytime recently, and he had them on their heels the whole night. Great game plan. You got to give him give him props. I mean, he's a two and a half million dollar defensive coordinator for a reason. I mean, he he's, he's a good young good young defensive talent. Yeah, that guy is the real deal. You could tell that they uh, have a really good coaching staff at LSU. And uh, really I mean, I've heard mixed opinions on him. Not everybody feels that way, but he was pretty good the other night, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll probably be in the front line for a head coaching job in the future. Um, maybe at LSU, who knows? Um, <clears throat> the other concern I have is is just about how Rick is going to manage the overall quarterbacking situation. I saw a post uh, today where – Somebody outlined the situation at Georgia where they're in a very, very big game and Rick made a um, unpopular decision to start kind of like a junior or somebody that had been in the program a long time at UGA. And the guy ended up throwing four picks and, and never playing again. You know, one, one concern I have is, is just how Rick manages the, uh, the play counts for uh, guys well. like Kate Weldon 
and Nikosi Perry versus giving a fair opportunity to uh, Jaron Williams. I, I think that he's going to sp- spread out the uh, the plays in an inappropriate way. That's just my thought. Well, I I, th- I think he's got to see what he has in Nikosi and Cade first, and then and then get to Jaron. You know, Jaron, there's no urgency. He's a true freshman. But yeah, I mean, you talked about you know a, a situation where maybe he picked the wrong guy or rushed into somebody or something. And that can happen very easily, and that's why I keep saying he can't manufacture what he sees every day. Like when it gets to the point, if someone's better than Malik, then he then he I think he he certainly has the willingness to pull the trigger on that. I don't think he's married to Malik by any stretch of the imagination. He's married to winning, and he's married to getting Miami back where Miami should be, and you know. I, I think that once he has somebody that he thinks he's better is better, he will make that move. All right, man, let me let some other guys get on. Give us a call next week. Okay, sounds good. Yep, appreciate the call. Thanks. All right, guys, I'm going to move. I'm going to move through your calls tonight because we got about four. Uh, I guess about 40 minutes of show left, and I know a lot of guys want to get on. So uh, let's try. Let's keep our points real tight and to the point, and we'll try to get everybody on. Let's go to the uh, 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Oh, Gary, 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 this is what Sebastian, man. I didn't think I was going to get on. That guy was just taking up too much time. Yeah, Ross likes like, to get pretty long-winded, on? man. I mean, you know, he makes some good right, points, well, but he gets very very long-winded. Go ahead. What you got? Okay, first of all, Gary, I want to let you know, I was at the game. I was in Dallas, brought my whole entire family. I mean, the stadium, the atmosphere was just phenomenal. So just want to give a shout-out to the Canes fans that definitely represented. I mean <clears> – <throat> It was probably 55, 45, 60, 40 LSU fans. But, I mean, we really supported the team. So, you know, I mean, that's a positive. We ought to be able to give it up for that. Gary, I want to know when I go to a game, how can I find you? Because I was really hoping that I could run into you. Do you walk oh, around man, with a jersey yeah, the, that says Gary no, no, no. But the best way to find me is I, I always try to wear a canesport.com polo. And the, uh, the the best way to find me is is before the game, usually the, the two hours or like I'd say about an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes before kickoff. I always try to make sure I'm on the I'm always down on the field for pregame and stuff like that. I meet so many guys from the site uh, who, you know, who come down to say hello from the stands and stuff like that. And so, yeah, anytime you want to find me, that's the time. I appreciate it, man. I know I don't have a lot of time, but I was just like, I had to kind of get that down. I wrote a lot of things down, but there's a couple points I want to make. Okay, everybody's really just kind of really bashing Rozier, and I can tell you what I saw personally on the field, okay? I mean, let's be real. I mean, we played an SEC team and a top-10 defense. I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, if we had played Alabama or a lot of teams would have played Alabama, they'd have looked exactly the same way. I mean, but – there are some things I think we can do that could be a little bit different. I'm going to talk about that. Okay, over the next three games, we have teams that we talent-wise, we're going to be superior, and we should be able to beat those particular types of teams. I remember Butch was the co- uh, coach, and they were going between Ken Dorsey and Kenny Kelly, and we are kind of going back and forth, and Ken Dorsey was a true freshman. Now, all through camp, I mean, he only weighed like 160 pounds, 65 pounds, but you knew he had the it. Okay, and Kenny Kelly was a star. I mean, he was a tremendous athlete. But Butch saw something in him, and I remember, I don't know if you remember, Gary, towards the end of the season, he actually benched Kenny Kelly and let Ken Dorsey play those four games. They were against cupcake teams or whatever, but he kind of got his confidence. He actually started in the bowl game, and we won that bowl game, and that's when we had that, that rise when we won that championship in 2001. Don't know if you want to comment on that, but I say all of that to say this. 
what Rick said today to me, the way I interpret it, I kind of feel like he kind of opened the door to Jaron Williams. And here's what I mean by that. He's going to play Coach. He's going to play Perry. He's going to play Weldon. But if those guys really don't perform or those guys really don't really show something, I mean, he is going to, I feel, going to have the liberty to be able to spend a little bit of time playing Jaron Williams. And the one thing I saw on the field when I watched the game was this. I know Rozier was being harassed all night. I get it. But in the beginning of the game, before he took all those hits, he had happy feet. He really didn't really connect. That that catch I saw Jeff Thomas make with his one hand behind him with his left hand before he got out of bounds that helped us get our first field goal was an amazing catch. And the point I'm trying to make is the plays that we're making in the passing game is not due to quarterback play. It's due to the athletes that we have at the wide receiver position. And if we have more talent this year at the wide receiver position, and we know that compared to next year, I just want to hear your thoughts in regard. No, it's going to be just as good next year. It's going to be just as good next year. So I just want to kind of hear your thoughts. And I know I don't have a whole lot of time on what's your hesitation in accelerating playing those guys. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, we got more talent this year than we had last year. Yeah, I have have no hesitation whatsoever. I can't wait till the day comes that that one of those guys is better than Malik Rozier. But I understand that if Malik Rozier is the best guy, Mark Rick needs to play him. Because you can't okay. sell the, the, the whole football team short by by putting somebody out there who's not as good as somebody else. No, you don't want to do that. I got to make a couple points that I know I'll have a lot of time. Let's also recognize that we don't have 85 scholarships on the team. So when we talk about getting the roster right and getting the right players right, we are short a couple of players. I know you don't see that off the bat or whatever, but, I mean, it's a defensive lineman here. It's an offensive lineman here. It's a, sec- it's a safety right here. And those kind of things kind of add up. You talked about the coaching staff. I want to throw something out to the folks out there to pay attention to. Sometimes it takes a while to get your coaching staff right. When Nick Saban was Alabama, remember, he had Major Applewhite as offensive coordinator. You know, how many offensive coordinators have Nick Saban's gone through? Now, some of them got promoted. Some have kind of moved on. But sometimes it takes a while to get your coaching staff right. I'm not saying there's anybody on coaching staff I think we need to lose or actually gain or whatnot, but I'm just saying sometimes it takes a while for the coaching staff because they get a report card, too, in regards to how they're doing and how they're performing. The other thing, the last thing I want to talk about is I watched Virginia Tech play Florida State last night, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm playing, I live in Virginia, and I'm, I'm really considering going to Blacksburg to watch the Canes play. But oh, my we God, you should. We're going to play a team. I agree. That team looked very good, and, and they, more than anything, they look like they have the right mental mindset. Like, they came to ball. You know, it's not that so much they have the right mental mindset, but it's, it's, it's just traditional Virginia Tech, and here's what I mean. They went through a horrible offseason. They got lost a lot of players, a lot of talented players. But what I saw from them guys in the secondary, I'm talking about there's probably four guys in their secondary that's going to play on Sunday. No mm-hmm. doubt in my mind. And then what yeah, I was I impressed too. too and, and what I also want to talk about too, and this is my last point I want to make, uh, yeah, make when sure I looked at their defense – Okay, when I look at their defensive line, I saw number 25, Walker. This guy's probably barely six foot, if that, okay? He's really built low to the ground. I know for a fact he wasn't a five-star, four-star, maybe a three-star. But something comes down to attitude. Something comes down to grit. 
something comes down to really kind of determination. And what I hope we have on our team really right now is enough leadership to kind of get us through this particular phase. Because here's the thing. If we win our next three ball games and we're going up against Florida State and the stadium is rocking or whatnot, it's going to be a tough ball game to beat Florida State and your in-state rivals. And imagine what's going to be on the line. I just say this and I'm done. I kind of feel better being Miami <laughs> You've been today done three times. Come than on. Florida State. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad being Florida of Miami today than Florida State today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree with me or kind of disagree. We yeah, got no, I think my, I think I agree. Too. I do agree. I think Miami's got a, a better roster than Florida State, and hopefully it shows up in a month. All right, hey, thank you so much for your call. Give us a call next week. Great call. Let's go to the two five six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, guys? Doing great. Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? What you got? Shoot. Uh, real quick, man. Uh, still suffering from the loss. You know, being down here in uh, Crimson Horde country, they never let me hear the end of it, you know, especially losing to uh, another SEC team. Uh, but uh, real quick, man, uh, are we getting any – are we recruiting anybody particularly, you know, good at quarterback and O-line right now? I know it's early, but I mean, at quarterback right, right now, quarterback no. Uh, you know, they focused on that Michael Johnson kid from Oregon. They didn't get him. I think that they were surprised by that. But they, they don't have another high school quarterback right now that they're recruiting. Maybe you know, maybe something surfaces here as the season goes along. I think more more likely if they don't feel good about one of these young kids by November, that they'll they'll look to be in the aftermarket you know, possibly or look at a JUCO or, or something along those lines. But, uh, you know, I think that's all to be determined at this point. All right. Uh, another thing, uh, why do we keep on going to a three-man front during the LSU game when all we was hearing about in the offseason was, you know, the depth that on the D-line and, you know, such and such is doing this and that. Why do we keep going to a three-man front? Can't explain that one. I mean, obviously, it's a scheme that Manny Diaz had, but I don't, you know, I, I can't explain it. He, he's trying to mix things up, I guess. Okay, another thing, uh, like we always be talking about, well, we got uh, young guys getting in the game, and they still don't quite know what to do. Well, I mean, over the past few years, we've had a lot of guys, you know, leave the team, like Jawan Young and Tyree Brady and, you know, Darian Owens. Guys, which, in my opinion, probably would be getting a lot of PT right about now, if not last year. I mean, so, you know, that's that's definitely another issue that we got right there. And uh, as far as John Rick's background, I mean, can you give me a little bit on him? I don't really know much about him. but I, I mean, think he, he, he spent a year – I can't I, – I, he spent a year, I believe it was the Buffalo Bills, as like an offensive quality control guy. And uh, – and that was right before he got hired to join his dad at Miami. Um, okay, what, he so did, what he did before that, I'd have to, I'd have to look up. I'm, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'll try to look it up right now. What else you got? And I'll come right back to that. Um, so you said that, you know, that the whole, his son being a part of the staff was kind of a part of, you know, whether he was going to be the coach or whatever. No so question about it. Like if, 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 if they didn't allow him to do that, I don't think he would have taken the job. I come he couldn't have a different position on the as far as on the coaching staff besides the quarterback's coach so that we could get he a better I mean coach. 
he uh you know he's 20 i guess he's 28 years old now uh and he he in 2014 he worked under his dad at Georgia as quality control in 2015 he went to the Buffalo Bills as an offensive uh assistant um then in 2016 he joined the Miami staff okay uh, I'm gonna let other people get on, Gary. That's all I got for tonight, man. Uh, hurricane for life. I'll talk to you next week. Keep me on hold. All right, man. Th- yep. Thanks for joining. Thanks for uh, calling the show. Let's go to the seven two seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. Talk to us. Hey, Gary. How's it going? This is uh, Enrique from Tampa. Hey, what's up, Enrique? What you got? Hey, so um, you mentioned that uh, that a Rosier practices. You know, he. he you know, you got all these accolades, accolades during the spring and in the fall, but, you know, it's no secret that he's going up against the twos, you know, with with the uh, number one offense. So it, I feel like it's pretty unfair to say that Perry is behind the ball when he's got well, the number twos to practice. But, but remember now, Malik, Malik had a body of work from last year, and everybody wants – them to develop these young kids. I'm just I, I I'm not saying they did the right thing or the wrong thing. I think you could argue it both ways. But if you're trying to develop these young quarterbacks, uh, and you want to see if they're ready, if you want to see if Nikozi Perry is ready to go in a ball game against LSU or go in a ball game against Florida State or or even a ball game against North Carolina, I mean the only way you're going to find out is if you put them against your best players on the practice field, right? Right, I, I I agree with that. So that might have been is why that might have been the goal. Him, why would you throw that, him in there shorthanded though? Is what I'm saying. That might have been the goal. You know, that might have been the goal. And right. you know, I don't know that right. you're shorthanded when you talk about the receivers and things like that. You're short, certainly shorthanded at the line of scrimmage if you're with the Absolutely. second team. But I don't know that you're shorthanded everywhere else. I mean, you still got a good running back. You still got good receivers. You still got a good tight end. So I don't I don't know if I would call it so short, except at the, except up front. So what would you say Rozier is better at right now than the other guys? Probably just just, probably just being a mature commander of the whole show. You know, I mean, you know, making the right calls, getting the getting the play from the sideline, getting it called in the huddle, getting, you know, or on the field, get just 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 the whole organizational aspect of running the offense. Right. Because I mean, you could see how at least for some of the fans, I mean, you mentioned it. He was running around half the time for his life, but I mean, let's say yeah, half the time frustrated. in pocket, you know, he was still missing throws. So look, everyone's frustrated. Was, okay, right. There was a lot of build up for this season, and everybody, you know, was fired up for the start of the season, was expecting great things, and they came out of the gate and they laid an egg. But I will say this: thank God for Blake James scheduling that game. He is the fact that they played LSU in the opener. And they got to find out where their problems really were this early in the season. Might have, might we might be sitting here in November saying that that saved the whole season because that gives you I hope. Agree, I agree, 100%. That, that gives you hope you because let the coaches know where where their problems are now and what they need to fix, and they're not figuring it out on October or whatever the damn date is that Florida State comes to town. Right. Do you uh, do you read anything into Gauthier now uh, making protection calls at the line? Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the best guy they got at it. It was a big problem the other night. Uh, you saw what happened, and and they're they're making some communications adjustments to try to correct it in the future. And they worked on it all day today at practice. 
All right. Do you think that's more of a let's take something off of Malik's hands, or that's just uh, no. or is it more of a prep? No. Uh, what was what was happening from... is is a lot of times uh, because they were trying to go 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 at a decent tempo that Gauthier's head was down because he's looking through his legs whether Malik is there ready for the snap, and he and he didn't have his he he wasn't looking forward at what was going on with the blitzing and stuff. And, and they had some breakdowns in that regard. So they made just, they just made some adjustments in how they communicate things and, and get the snaps off and stuff to allow him to survey what's going on around the field and make, and make a call as to what their protection should be. All right. And uh last topic I want to touch on is, uh, is, is coach Mark Rick losing, not, not necessarily him, but it seemed like a lot of players were pissed off at Rozier. Is is there something going on in the locker room that maybe? No, I don't think there's anything going on in the locker room. I think he had a bunch of young kids that that shouldn't be behaving like that, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. somebody needs to rein that in real quick. You know, the quarterback misses you. You can't be flapping your arms around. I'm sorry, like that's unacceptable. Um, uh, that that should be unacceptable. And right. you know, I I hope that the right people saw that and they correct that real quick. Yeah, I, I think they did, and, and my biggest uh, – the person I saw was Richards, and he got benched after that. You know, that but I that's – I don't think that's accurate. That was... I, no, I don't think that's accurate. I think he legitimately got his knee banged, and, I mean, they they had him on the side. He wasn't practicing today. He was riding the bike and, and, and stuff. So I don't think they're faking an injury there. I think he legitimately got his knee banged up. And, right. and you know is, they, is, they, is that... they've got enough receivers. I mean, you know, you, you you put that high tower kid out there; it's not that big of a drop off, you know. I mean, they've they've oh, got I... you know evidence to joke. I mean, they got they got Kate. You know, they got so many receivers that you know they weren't sitting there saying, "Oh my God," you know, Amon banged his knee. Like they they go to the next guy because they can't get them all playing time anyway. But well, Amon well, is the best. All... Of the He's the best of the group. I do not believe that that is accurate, that he got benched for yelling at Rozier in in the locker room. I think that, you know, I would be stunned if that kid did that. He's a really high-character kid. Yeah, I mean, high-character is one thing, but, you know, like you said, four four games in a row is another thing, too, you know? Yeah, oh, I know. I understand. But I don't know. I I I don't think there's any issues with the players. Cool. That's all I got for you tonight, Gary. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks for calling. Give us a call next time. Let's go to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Swagger for life. Calling from New Orleans where Mr. Riley is absolutely right. We're getting roasted out here. <laughs> All right, Swagger, what you got? One team, one, one team LSU fans like to hate outside of Alabama more than anybody else in the country is the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, I'm um, sure. A, cu- a couple of couple of things, couple of points. I'm listening to some of these callers. I'm gonna try to get through them real quick. On the offensive line, we got two starters right now on our first team that don't belong in Miami Hurricane uniforms. That goes back to the past recruiting of the, of, of you know of the past uh, staff. Uh, it's not a Stacy Searles problem. It's not a Mark Rick problem. It's not a John Rick problem. What I see is Mark Rick probably underneath his breath is probably the most frustrated guy in the room. I think he knows what he has in Malik Rozier. Everybody that's frustrated in Malik Rozier, who, by the way, deserves all the criticism as a fifth-year senior coming out there in airmail and bought in New Mexico when he's here in Arlington, um, it, he is what he is. We knew that last year. It's not going to change. We're going to go up against probably some talent 
you know, with, with the rest of our schedule that we can beat, we can handle. Um, we went up against a roadblock in LSU, who basically nobody in the country gave a chance to win that game. So they came in with a chip on their shoulder. We came in, and this is the, 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 the thing that bothers me the most, and, and it kind of go, harkens back to last year with Clemson and even a little bit with Wisconsin, but not as much because we were at home. We just didn't look like we were ready for the moment. And maybe I'm way off there, but there was times in that off. game when – I mean, there was times in that game where, you know, a- after Bandy got ejected. I mean, you could just feel the wind go out of the sideline. It's like, where's the pride? You know, where it, it's it, – you know, it, it's – I can't they really, it really started with that one running play, and, and, and you're right. They, didn't, they never really recovered from that. Uh, I mean, you know, why, why is that, though? What is it about those situations where it seems like we just can't – when something goes wrong, we just go in the tank? I, I think mean, you got to credit I, LSU. I LSU did a great job of just keeping the pressure on. They didn't, they didn't let them get up from the canvas. And you got to give them credit for that, you know. I mean, they they did a good job. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I I don't know. It's just a couple of things I've seen, especially in the big games. They couldn't uh, handle know, they couldn't the, handle the pressure that was being applied. They, no, they could they couldn't. And it looked like to me a little bit, Gary, that they brought into a lot of their preseason hype. A little maybe bit, maybe they might have they might have uh, taken a little too much for granted. Yeah, they got you know they got they got uh, their butts kicked. So I don't think that'll happen they again. Did. They did. They really did. Look, we our season starts this next week against Savannah State. I think we yep. can win win out the rest of our games and get back to the ACC championship game. I think we have enough enough talent against the ACC. Look, um, if that, know, Malik, if that happens, you're in the playoff hunt. So we'll see. Well, Malik Rozier is what he is. He's not our best quarterback on Green Street. Our best quarterback is is not ready. He's a true freshman or or a freshman. Either one of the other guys. The one of the guys didn't make the trip, but you don't throw a true freshman or a redshirt freshman out there against the LSU defense, especially when you know your offensive line is efficient because you're going to get those kids killed. I don't why think not, I, I is, totally agree. That's why I'm why, arguing why, with everybody. <laughs> why, why, why does this fan base continue to think that we can throw true freshmen out there and they're going to win the national title? People argue with me. Well, you see Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama do it. Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama have the best defense in the country. One, two, Correct. three. Top they have national championship why, ready rosters, they, no question. That's why they in the national championship. And so, and so does on. Clemson. Yep, and Clemson. That's why and they can why? put Trevor Lawrence out on the field. He throws for three touchdowns in his first game because what's and, going on around him is a whole different deal. Exactly, and why? And why in the world can't we have that? I don't know, Gary. Maybe it's because we got juniors that leave the seventh round draft pick. That's another yep. problem that needs to be addressed. That's I'm not going absolutely. there. That's a big problem. Big absolutely problem. correct. Yep. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Give us give us a call right, next week. I appreciate it. Yep. Yep. All right. Before we uh, run out of time here, let me just uh, take a minute or two here and very quickly attack the the questions and topics that were posted on the message boards at canesport.com. What was the most overrated position group on the team going into game one, quarterback or O-line? I don't think either one of them were overrated. I think coming into the season, there was a very clear understanding of where this team was and where the trouble spots lay. I think there was the assumption 
that the team would overcome them a little bit better, and they didn't. And what happened was LSU showed up a little bit better than expected, especially at the line of scrimmage, and they created a lot of problems with their blitz packages, and, and really the Miami offense could not find any consistency. So that's the best I can answer that question. What personnel changes do we think that uh, Mark Rick will make after the LSU game? I don't expect a lot of personnel changes. I think they have the right guys on the first team on both sides of the ball. They just have to play better. They have to play like first-team players. And um, I do think you have to hope that they can get DJ Ivy very quickly into being a better option than Javante Dean at corner because he, he looked uh, kind of hopeless, to be totally honest. Sorry, Javante. But uh, that was pretty bad. Um, and uh, I thought last night was an example like, you know, where Miami really paid for the defections of Pat Sertain and Tyson Campbell in recruiting last year. I think either one of them would have been a much better option when Trey John Bandy had to leave the game. And um, I think we saw why Bandy, even though he's more suited to be a slot corner, is now a virtual every down corner because they just don't have a ton of talent at that position right now. They need some of these young kids to develop really quick. Um, is Is... Rick willing to sacrifice the season and the locker room by sticking with Rozier. Uh, we've talked about that a lot tonight. I don't think he looks at it like that. I, I think when he has somebody that he feels is, is a better quarterback than Malik Rozier, he won't have any problem uh, pulling the trigger on that. But to this point, that has not been the case. Uh, my honest opinion on Mark Rick's coaching ability. I, you know, I think it's obvious that he runs a very good program is everything in it and being done in it good enough to win a championship, I think remains to be seen. Uh, they're playing catch up with Clemson. They have to catch Clemson. And if they do, I, I think they will be at that level because, uh, but I don't think Clemson's going in anywhere anytime soon. So you got to get to Clemson's level before you even think about winning championships. And I don't think they're there yet. And I think it's going to take a few more years to, to get there. And that's if they continue recruiting as well as they're recruiting. Got a decent class coming together in 19. Got a really good class coming together in 20. Got to keep stacking these recruiting classes on top of each other. And then hope by the time you get to 2021 that you're at that Clemson level. That's got to be the blue. Um, why aren't they recruiting quarterback for 2019? I think I think we talked about that already. Uh, the, the one kid they identified, Michael Johnson from Oregon, didn't pan out. They don't have another high school quarterback right now that they're that they feel is better than what they have in these young guys. Um, I see that being evaluated after the season, and we'll see where they're at. Uh, how long before Nikozi Perry gets on the field? Uh, beginning Saturday, I think if all according goes according to plan, I would think very early. I, I think it could be as early as the second quarter. Uh, this game's a great opportunity to get at least two of the young guys' significant playing time, and that's got to be at the top of the agenda for this weekend. Is the punter position open? No. I talked about that earlier. Zach Fiegels will be fine. Just has to get his head straight. Uh, seems to be a, a little bit of a head case with his confidence and things like that. He's got all the ability and all the leg you could ever want in your punter. All right, let's go back to the calls, and I'll, I'll try to get to uh, a, a few more of those here in a minute. Let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you tonight? Doing good. Who's this? Adam. What's up, Adam? Shoot, what you got? Uh, well, quick um, basketball thing. Any word on Vernon Perry Jr. yet? It, they're doing very well. 
they're doing very well there. They're working it as hard as they possibly can. It's going to be, you know, I mean, you're going against Carolina, Duke, Michigan State. I mean, the guy, the kid can go anywhere he wants. He's number number one recruit in America. He's only going to be somewhere yep. for three for three months. So, like, I wouldn't have a heart attack if he doesn't come. But I think for the respect of the program, uh, that it's it's important that they get him. You know, he's a local kid. He's a he's a legacy kid, number one recruit in the country. I think for Miami basketball, it's a respect thing, and they're working it as hard as they can, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Also, but he's going to be um, in school for three months. He's going to be in school for three months. So if he doesn't come, well, I wouldn't no. have a heart attack. Well, no, I definitely know he's a one and done, and if NBA does away with the one and done rule, he might not even come to school. I don't so, think that's going to happen in time for him. He's going to be in school uh, okay. for one for three. He'll be in school for three months. <laughs> so he'll be like Lonnie Walker. Yes. Time and then get a be a first round pick. Um, Correct. A couple things. One, I did like Derek Smith. I felt made a couple plays out of the striker position, whatever that is. I mean, yeah, I like Derek it, Smith. It, it, is it going to be him and Romeo Finley? For the striker position. Yeah, but I, I, to me, he's way better than Romeo Finley. Oh, okay. But um, we'll see. I mean, the, 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 we'll see how they do it. But I think he's better than Romeo. Also, um, did Mark Pope see the field at all on Sunday or no? Because I know Blake I don't played think so. some. Is he ready to contribute this year, or do you think he's um, better serve serving a red shirt? I don't think we could say what's going to happen the whole year at this point. Uh, I mean, obviously okay. they 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 can't they can't play every single guy. It's impo- it's going to be impossible uh, to play every single guy. I you know I I think that you know until he is better. I mean, who would you sit down? I mean, I you know I don't I, I don't know who you'd sit down, but no, he didn't he did not play. Uh, okay. Um, no, I mean. We didn't look great against LSU, and that's an understatement, but I'm not ready to write off this season. And I think you're right. Rozier's the best option we have. And um, my last question is, and I was thinking about this more and more, is this team more akin to, like, the 98 team, where you're just trying to slowly get back and lay the foundation for 99, 2000, and going forward? I don't think that? they're trying to lay any foundations. I think the coaches feel they have a pretty good team. I'm sure they were disappointed oh, okay. in some guys the other night that, that maybe did better on the practice field than in the game, but I don't think they're writing off this year at all. I mean, I think they're, they're – No, uh, I, I'm not saying write it off. And remember, the 98 team ruined US, UCLA season. But I meant yep. trying to build up the talent because the 98 team, yeah. remember, had Edger and James. So it's not I mean, like you know, it might turn out it that. might turn out to have a lot of parallels because I really I, I think I don't I just don't see them being at a Clemson level before at least 20 or 21. So oh, and that's okay. if they keep, if they keep recruiting as well as they're recruiting. So, you know, it, it could turn out to having very strong parallels. Oh, OK, I mean, that, that was the point I was trying to make, not that they would be like six and four or five and seven. No, like but yeah, I know seven. what you're saying. But maybe, okay. you know, a, a three, four loss team, it's it's not out of the question. I, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, the only upside is FSU looked absolutely awful on Monday. And I yeah, don't they, think Virginia Tech is 
I mean, Virginia Tech on Monday looked like they couldn't be defeated. And FSU just looked completely... No, they could be defeated, but that's going to be a very, very tough out, obviously. On the road in Blacksburg, I'm guessing it might be a night game. It's going to be tough. Well, no, I mean, and it's also going to be tough. I'm also concerned about the Boston College game on the Friday night up in Boston. And Georgia Tech also. They've got some tough road games this year. Yeah. I mean, even Toledo's not going to be a pushover. No, it's not. No, it's not. They're going to have to have their act together. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. All right. Uh, thanks for being Have part of the night. show. Let's, yep. Let's go to the uh, the three five two now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Three five two. Going once. Going there twice. You there you are. Who's this? This Kane's thirty eight. What's up, man? What you got? I have a few questions for you. First, I want to start off with um, with Mark Rick. I understand that you know everybody wants the quarterback to be sit down, and I'm I'm one of those guys. But you know what I want to know is how do you have a coach who's been coaching such so long as he's been coaching, and not have something or somebody in place to replace uh, Rozier. I mean, because you can't keep going on the way you're going when you keep losing and losing and losing. It's not fair to the rest of the players. Let let, let, let me cut you off so I can answer your question real quick. I think that when you recruited Nicosi, uh, maybe you're thinking that he would be at that point by now. You know, I mean, you you can't predict everything. Uh, certainly, when the former staff wait, let me let me answer your question. When the former staff recruited guys like Jack Allison, I mentioned this earlier, it wasn't not with the intent that he would eventually be the starting quarterback here. So, uh, I think the recruiting at the position maybe has not been quite as good as it needs to be. Uh, the time will tell on the cozy uh, and Cade Weldon, and then for this year, you've got Jaron Williams, who they like a lot and who I personally think will end up being the starter by next year, possibly. So uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, but th- I, that's the best I can explain it. But, but Gary, you have, you, have, you, you have transfers out there. I mean, you, you, they, they could have – Yeah, I mean, but to bring, a transfer, always... to bring a transfer in this year would have really been a slight on those young kids. And it would have sent a bad message right down the, the whole list of quarterbacks, and I think that's why they didn't do it. Because remember, you've already got your guy that's starting in Malik. So it, you're going to bring in a guy that, as a transfer, you're going to have to guarantee him that he's going to start over Malik. So now you're sliding Malik and the young kids. You know, it just didn't make sense this year. Now, if those kids don't okay. step up this year and don't show that they're ready to play by the end of the season, I do think they'll bring in a transfer for next year. Okay, because you, you did mention that about, the, you know, they can be in the Zeno Hurts sweepstakes. The, the, the Hurts I mean, sweepstakes is going to be fun to watch, man. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to go after that guy. And, I, I you know, there's a chance Miami's one of them. Uh, I think Oregon is another one that's going to go after that guy uh, because they're going to probably lose their quarterback this year uh, to the draft. He's going to be one of the top guys in, 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 the, in the draft next year. So uh, I think there's going to be a sweepstakes for that kid. You, you know, I keep I keep hearing little stories on you know on Kane Sport about after the games uh, in the off season when they're talking to the coaches and the coaches keep saying, well, well, you know, 
we're going to play guys who play good, but if the guys are not performing good, we'll find somebody to take their spot. But when the guys are not performing, the same guys stay on the field and keep playing. So why do you keep telling people with somebody Well, playing, I don't know right? that that's really true. I mean, you know, the, like the, well, the well, guys, Tom, like, Thomas, like the guy that was Thomas terrible Brown last week was who? Thomas Brown, the running back coach. He said, he said, guys are not performing. Yeah, he said, he's serious about it. He's serious about it. He obviously was mad at Travis Homer the other night. I mean, he didn't play very much. But, uh, he, no, he's very serious about it. The one guy that really stood out as being horrible was Javante Dean to me. Like, I can't – I mean, they got to figure something out there. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot he of hope. Terrible. He was so bad. He was so bad, I don't know if there's hope there. You know what? All right, let me, let me let other guys get on real quick. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, we're up against the eight ball here, so I want to try to get as many guys on as possible. Let's go out to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Who's this? This is Uki 08. What's up, Uki? Go, man. Got to go fast tonight. Sorry you didn't get on earlier, but got to go fast. All right, man. I'm going to just get made this quick. First of all, uh, about the quarterback position, it's not going to get no better. Let's just let's just call it. Spade, no, it's not. It's a spade what it is. And it, it is and what honestly, it is. And, and if you really want to go back and look at the last few years of Mark Rich recruiting quarterbacks at UGA after Aaron Murray, it was the same way. A decline that that position declined at at George. He had it did he, at the end. At the end, it definitely did. <laughs> He went and got transferred from 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 Virginia. He had and he had other four star, five star quarterbacks that regressed. Matter of fact, he had a five star quarterback from Georgia that came from Kingsland that turned into a fucking punter when he was there. So mm-hmm. my whole thing is this: it it, it has translate all the way to Miami, and that position is not going to uh, get any better. I and, think it's and, a little and, premature. No, Uki, it's a little early to say that. He's only been here a couple Gary, years. Not, what if Jared, what if Jared Gary, Williams Gary, wins the Heisman Trophy? Gary, I mean, come on. Gary, it's listen, too early to this, say that. This, what, I'm, what I'm saying is this is what I'm saying, Gary. He's got two, two or three guys that he's already handpicked himself. At some point, he's got to show and prove. He's not Al Golden coming from the MAC program. He's Mark Rick, who's coached 15 years in the SEC, was a – coached up Heisman trophies at Florida State, and at some point he's going to have to show and prove that he still knows how to develop quarterbacks. At some point, you're going to have to be able to sell something to recruits. You're going to have to be able to sell that your offense is improving. And I won't, this, is the, this is my problem. This is college football. All schools have deficiencies, whether it's with depth, playing young players, or whatever. Virginia Tech doesn't recruit at a higher level than Miami. They a bunch of their star players on their star two three star players, but they're co- it's called coaching and development. Troy is no, Troy State is no better than my it doesn't even recruit near to my level of Miami. But they actually walked into Baton Rouge during the night game in front of hundred fifty people fifty thousand people and won. So don't tell me that it's about you. you the, the key thing that everybody keeps saying they weren't ready. Oh, they're not ready. They're not ready. At what point are we ready? And this has nothing to do with depth. This has nothing to do with with talent. It has everything to do with coaching. It has everything to do with coaching and your system. And it's it's, it's getting become it's becoming ridiculous, man. Every every coach that we have is always an excuse for them. 
and I'm not saying uh, I don't I don't see anybody making the, 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 they were they were disgusted and, and, with the and, and way they played the other not, night. There were there were no excuses. About, and, forget, and forget about trying to be. You're like making Alabama good points, but there was nobody making an excuse. Well, what I'm saying is, Gary, forget about trying to be like Alabama and, and, and Clemson. Because Miami's nowhere near that. How about just looking like a team that's well coached and prepared for a game? That's all I'm saying. You, you, you're right. You, they you, weren't you, that the you, other you, night. You, you're in year three, and we're still, and we're on, on we're continuously on a, on a losing streak. Two year, two, two, three seasons already. Mark Rivers had a losing streak in each season, in each season yeah. since he's been here. At what point does that stop? I just want to well, hopefully it stops this year. We'll see. Hey, okay. All right, hey, listen, I got to let you go just because it's so late. But uh, call back next week. We'll talk more. All right, good, good hearing from you. All right, um, I've already covered. Uh, I think most of these topics that were um, sent in, we covered them during the course of the show. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go back to that tonight. I'm gonna take one more call. Let's go to the nine one seven. We're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us, 917? Going once, twice, three times. All right, next time, let's go to the uh, 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what up, Gary? It's Scooter DuPont. Doing good. Who's this? Hey, man, um, Scooter DuPont. Hey, what's up, Scooter? All right, go ahead. Take us home, man. What you got? All right. Uh, so, look, I know you're you're big. Well, you know, you want uh, Malik Rozier and everybody. And I know no! Most are no, 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 no. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. No, that's I, that is absolutely not what I'm saying. I, I understand what Malik Rozier is. I understand he's an average quarterback. I understand that he backed up Brad Kaya and wasn't even close to being as good as Brad Kaya, who was, what, a seventh-round draft pick and now is out of the NFL. I am a believer that Miami should be playing with first-round level talented quarterbacks. So, no. But what I understand I got, I got is – is that right now he's the best guy. And until one of these young kids, you know, rises up and is better than him, Mark Rick's got to go with the best guy on next Saturday, okay? I, I know they're going to say, oh, you don't want to take him lightly. We're going to beat Savannah State no matter what, all right? We already know what, what Rozier can do. Don't even play the kid for Savannah State. We know what's up with, with uh, Rozier, all right? Sit him on the bench. Let Perry. Everybody wants to see, even if it's for the sake of the fans. People want to see these other people play. They yeah, I don't. I don't think Mark is going to do that Malik. to Malik. I do think. I think. I do think the hope will be that they come out, that they score a few touchdowns What's in the first the quarter, of, of and that he could get to that by the second quarter. I, I. That's what I'm expecting the game plan to be on 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 Saturday. Listen, Savannah State's going to be grossly overmatched. I mean, their coach told us today that. that the only reason they're taking the game is they need the money. They know they're going to get their butt kicked. Miami should put 60-70 on the board. It should be that kind of game, and it's a great chance to get those kids on the field. Yeah, all right. And then you know what? For these people going on the board and counting up all their chips and saying, oh, we got Joe Jackson at defensive end, and, man, we're going to get Gregory Russo on – and look at Travis Homer and how they – then when we hit him with Travis Homer, we're going to get DJ Dallas in there. And then after him, we're going to get Chalk. And then, oh, man, Lingard, how are they going to – you know what, man? It, it, when you start look, every team has freak athletes these days. It's 2007. It's 2018, man. Every team has a Joe Jack. You go to Nebraska, everybody. It's when you start thinking that your team is better when, than they're not. 
and they haven't done anything, man. They go and play Nebraska. They go and play like LSU, and they're just some regular ass team. These people are regular players. There's no like elite. Everybody has these players. It's when you start going through, you're going through rivals. We got a four star, uh, four star Najee Davenport on on. We got a four star Tyree Saint. Everybody has these players. You're nothing special. You see what happens when you play like real, like legitimate teams, not Savannah State. They're just like run of the mill type players. And everybody has good players these days. The reason why people feel let down is because they go on sites like Kane Sport and they think that their team is just something special. But they're not. If you look at other people's recruiting classes, they're just as good. And that's why mm-hmm. people are so disappointed. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully it gets better. Um, you know, give us a call back right, next last, week. We'll, we'll, one we'll, last thing. One we'll, last thing. Man, yeah, tell quick. me what you think about Bogle and Ty, Tyreek Stevenson. Are we getting those guys or what? What is your opinion? Bogle and Ty, Tyreek oh, Stevenson. Don't, don't know, man. I mean, I, I think they're right in there with Tyreek. I think he's a must-get. I, I mean, he walks in and starts next year. I, I, you know, Georgia's going to be tough to beat there. There's, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, Bogle, I, I feel better about. Uh, I, I think in the end, he always wanted to be a Miami Hurricane. I, I, I think there's a decent shot that that'll win out in the end. But, uh, you know, I don't think there's any guarantees on either one of those guys. Yeah. And then without right. saying names or percentages or anything like that, how much of this bag thing do you believe in? Like, do you think, like, they're just handing out bags? Is this rampant or no? Oh, there's, it's rampant. It's rampant with some of these schools, you know, but, you know. There's nothing you can do about it. You got to find ways to combat it, and you, you know you got to find ways to win anyway. You know, and convince people that it's not worth you know prostituting themselves out. That, you know, they're going to make plenty of money. You know, when, when the day comes that the kid goes pro in three years. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, hey, thanks for the call. Give give us a call again uh, next week, and we'll talk more. I want to thank everybody that was part of the show tonight for the few people people that were left on the lines tonight i apologize we're just not going to be able to get to you uh call back earlier next week and we will uh, i want to thank Cecilian oven for once again sponsoring the show uh if you guys this is a great opportunity this week to go check out one of those Cecilian oven locations uh that i talked about the game's not till 6 30 you can pick up food um for your tailgate, uh, like I said, you got the plantation location off University Drive and the Fountains Complex. You got the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. Those are the two locations closest to the stadium. Uh, if, if you want to hit the Coral Springs, Lighthouse Point, Boca Raton, or Fort Lauderdale location on Oakland Park, just west of Bayview, uh, you can check those out on their website, SicilianOven.com. Um, but a great place to do your pregame uh, dining or pick up some food to take to the stadium. Uh, 6.30 kickoff uh, on Saturday. No, 6 o'clock kickoff, I believe, on Saturday night. Sorry, I think I said 6.30. Uh, looking forward to it. I think we'll get to see the young quarterbacks. And then we'll come back next Tuesday night and talk about it some more. So thank you, everybody, for listening and calling in. Great show. Great comments tonight. And um, we'll see you next Tuesday night. Same time, same bat channel. Good night, everybody.